For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Breaking sports news when it happens on the fan. Rise and grind, ladies and gentlemen. It's about to get bumpy. Time to attack and dominate. This is Morning Juice with Brandon Beam and Bobby Carpenter. Here we go on a Thursday. Attacking and dominating our way to 9 a.m. Every single weekday morning right here on the fan. Brandon Beam. The General Bobby Carpenter, and of course our fearless leader and producer, Mark the Shark. General, we have navigated our way to a very, very first, in this show's history, Leap Day. Yeah. What's going on, man? Good to talk to you. Well, we've been on the show for three years, and this is the first time today in history will be a February 29th beam. Not a ton of, lot of, not a ton of things happen, given it gets <laughs> a, one quarter of the history of the rest of the dates, but... We're here on February 29th. It's an election year. It's a leap year. And all those things are sitting here before us. I have always wondered about the leap year, leap day, birthday. Because technically, I mean, if the date doesn't come around once every four years, how like how old are is the actual person? I mean, I know that your body My, age your body age will be once a year, but your your actual age doesn't come around for once every four years. My aunt was a leap baby. Okay. Um, she died she, at 27. She died at uh, like 22. Oh. She would be 24 today. Yeah. 24 birthdays. 22 in leap years is pretty good. Yeah. Well, it's 88 years. Right. Let me you're, ask, still, you're still a year older. You just don't have a day to celebrate on. Let me ask you this. I start this. Like when you turn 21. Yeah. Since that's not going to be on a 20 or a 24, like, do they let you, like, is it like the 28th? Is it the first? I, like, yeah, what, it's a great question. What do you get to celebrate? I, I, mean, I don't you, know. When you turn 16 to get your driver's license, like, I guess 16 would actually fall on that because that's a fourth year. Right. If you, it depends, it depends yeah. on the year. You have to be born yeah, on the front. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You have to be started, born today. I started thinking about that. You have to be born. Wait a second. You, everybody's only born once every four years on that. So 16, you'd be fine. 20, 40, all those. I don't know. But not as far as like 21. I don't know what you're doing right there. I don't know how. I mean, if you showed an idea, I guarantee you the person would probably think it was fake. Like, yeah, oh, whatever, yeah. February buddy. 29th. Yeah. Way to go here, pal. Where'd you get this fake ID from? But that's uh, that was a acquiring mind. Wanted to know that last night. I couldn't. I had no answers. I would celebrate on both the twenty eighth and then the first. That's what I. That's what I would do. Just take oh, the two days. Absolutely, celebrate around it. I appreciate that. I yeah, and then good. really blow it out once every four years. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. How was your Tuesday or th- Wednesday, man? My week's Wednesday, all messed Thursday, up. Thursday. Uh, Thursday it was today. good. Uh, Class, class okay yesterday? Yeah. It's, I was exhausted. I felt like, like so blown out. So my wife, I did. I don't really drink coffee or take a lot of caffeine, but mm. had to a little bit yesterday because coming out of here, going straight to class. We had our meeting and then yeah. went straight to class. You know, basically another 80 minutes of talking, went, got a little workout in, um, had another meeting, then went back to, uh, back to teach the second round of class at 355, got done at 515, went home. 
changed real quick, drove on up to Sawmill Carriage Place to coach a little first-grade basketball, nice. got home after that, and felt like a wrung-out sponge, tried to get some work done, and uh, just sitting in bed. I was excited to sit down and read a book that uh, Coach Trust gave me on the on the boat, so working, started working on that, and yeah, then just embracing this Thursday. Thursday's the first day of the weekend, especially yeah. when I'm teaching classes, because Monday and Wednesday are such uphill runs that once I get to this, I'm like, yeah, you know, it's all good. Today's pretty clean. Especially coming back from the Buckeye cruise, like, you oh, probably yeah. got a bunch of stuff you had to get done. I got XM tomorrow in the afternoon, but outside of that, like, we're pretty much running running scot-free. Yeah, good, man. Uh, I'm glad they had a good Wednesday. Did, too. Uh, it was pretty okay. I mean, Meredith had a hell of a day driving back and forth between Dayton and dropping off William and uh, all kinds of crazy stuff, and still got a hole in our ceiling. So yeah. that's that's uh, it's gonna be know, there good. for a minute. Like. Yeah, probably will be. Uh, but we got a guy coming out today, so that's good. Seems like the situation not necessarily under control, but uh, it's trending in that direction. So still working on getting the living room and everything kind of cleaned up and uh, ready to go for a guy that is going to come over and kind of inspect what what's going on. So that's on the platter for today. And then yesterday, like I said, a little more cleaning and Meredith popping back and forth between Dayton, going to work and then heading back and then coming back late last night. So uh, a little bit of a crazy day, but it was all good. Sandwich in between that, your Buckeyes are a Big Ten champions outright against Michigan last night. Uh, just a dominant third quarter, pulled away, and then the fourth quarter, just blowing the doors off things. So big, big congratulations to them. They get sweet, sweet revenge uh, over Michigan, which was the only team to beat them in the regular season in the Big Ten. They are 25-3, and 16-1 in conference, and have not lost a game in the year 2024. 15-0. They're on a 15-game win streak. So uh, huge congratulations to them. Sharky said it right there in the update. First time in 14 years Ooh. that they have won an outright Big Ten championship. So a massive Massive congratulations to them. Again, dominant performance last night over Michigan in their final game uh, of this 23-24 season over at the shot. We got an awesome show lined up for you here this morning. Just blowing the doors, blowing through the stop sign in the 12-team playoff. We're immediately heading uh, to 14. Adam Jarda, he's going to join the program. We'll talk some men's hoops with him coming up here at 635 here this morning. Uh, NFLPA surveys are out, and I always find those to be so, so fascinating uh, with what's kind of going on and uh, where teams stack up against the rest of the league. So we'll get into that coming up here at the top of the 7 o'clock hour. Dave Biddle of Bucknuts and On the Money, he's going to join the program at 735. And about two hours away from right now, our great friend, I believe over at the Combine from the MM- MMQB, covers all things NFL, uh, Albert Breer. He's going to join the program uh, around 8.05 here a little bit later on this morning. Before we get into anything else today, it is Thursday. It's February 29th. It is Leap Day 2024. Time for Today in History. Time to get smarter. Morning Juice presents Today in History. Here's your professor, Bobby Carpenter. Sponsored by Dr. Mark Levy. If you're snoring and not sleeping, call Dr. Mark Levy at 1-800-MORE-SLEEP. All right, Bobo, what do you got lined up for this morning, buddy? Oh, boy. Not a whole lot, given that it happens only <laughs> once every four years. It gets a quarter of the history, but it is Tuesday, February 29th, the final day in February. Uh, 60th day of the year, 306 days remaining. So next Thursday, beam, we'll be into the 200s Ooh. for days remaining All in right. this year. We'll be into March tomorrow. One-sixth of the year will be behind us. So, you know, it just seems like we turned the page, Bob Seeger style, but you know what? We are cruising along in this year. Uh, this date, 1796, 10 years of peaceful trade begin with the U.S. and Great Britain as a result of the Jay Treaty, that being 
John Jay. So from 1796 to 1806, pretty good relations with the former colonizers there. You don't want us to beat you up again. That's well, why. Then they had the War of 1812 that yep. started shortly after that. Uh, this state, Hattie McDaniel becomes the first black actress to win an Academy Award as Mammy in Gone with the Wind. All right. Uh, the state, 1968, Aretha Franklin wins the first ever R&B vocal Grammy performance with respect. So how about that? With Aretha? Absolutely. Find, Find out what? why Shark's not playing that for me. <laughs> no, the state, night. look at that. There we go. You said sometimes you got to poke him a little bit. He's got to ask. I was still thinking about Hattie McDaniel. That's good. Do you have any audio of that? I don't. I, I If you had told me about it, I would have gotten you some. Cause... Well, from 1968, 1940, I didn't think we were going to get any yeah, audio. Yeah, but you know, you can find clips from Gone with the Wind out here. Okay. Uh, was YouTube around back then? YouTube? No, it was not. How about this one, though? I didn't know if you had, uh, they videoed the signings like they do today back in 1972, but Hammer and Hank Aaron becomes the first player to earn $200,000 a year mm. on a three-year deal with the Atlanta Braves. Like I said, 1972. So a little over 50 years ago. Do you that, think old Hammer and Hank's contract would be nowadays if he was a modern-day player? 55. <laughs> it would, 50. Would be know. a lot. Would be a lot. It'd be pretty solid. Uh, this day, 1980. Somehow this didn't exist either. Maybe it's because the Whalers are gone, Shark. There's nowhere to find it. But Gordy Howe is a member of the Hartford Whalers. Ah, uh, Canada's team. Yeah. Yes, yeah, Shark. <laughs> Hartford, Connecticut. Yeah. Definitely not in uh, Canada. Uh, scores his 800th goal. How about that? Where, who did the Whalers become? The Carolina Hurricane? Yes. Mm-hmm. Look at that. Do you know how many Gordy finished with? Not much over 800, I thought. 801. Wow. Yeah. There you go. How many hat tricks did he record in his career? Why don't you look that up? Of his Steve? own, of his own variety. The Gordie oh, you mean a, yeah. a goal, an assist, and a fight? Yeah, that's right. There we go. But uh, and then on this date, twenty twenty, one of Sharks' favorite days, the U.S. and Taliban Taliban signed the Doan Agreement, uh, bringing peace to Afghanistan and the leading the United States withdrawal, which was a very memorable day. Uh, you see the. Clips of the last plane pulling out. Here's um, a crazy stat about Gordy Howe. Although he played a record 2,421 professional hockey games, do you want to take a guess at how many Gordy Howe hat tricks he, he recorded? Probably like 15. Okay. Shark, you have any guesses on how many he recorded? You're talking about a goal and a I'm talking about a, a Gordy Howe hat trick, yes. A goal assistant in a fight. Yes. I like Bob's guess, but I'll go uh, a dozen. Out of the 2,421 professional hockey games that Gordie Howe played, he only recorded two Gordie Howe hat Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Crazy. That's pretty remarkable. Rick Toche would... leads the league in eight with 18 of them. That would be Tockett. Tockett. Rick Toche. Tockett. Eh, French fella. Toche. Uh, absolutely. Uh, some birthdays today. Born on this date, 1908, D. Brown, author and historian. Uh, author of "I'll Bury My Heart, Bury My Heart at Wounded Knee." How about that shark? I figured you'd get enjoy that one right there. Uh, this born in this day, nineteen sixteen, uh, Leonard Schoen, uh, the founder of U-Haul. So you want to get yourself some trucks, little moving beam. I like the uh, the ability for U-Haul to go from super small to these giant trucks is oh, pretty. Yeah, it's a great idea. Not one get, size fits all. You know, get the little tow behind trailer yeah. if you want. 
There's, I see so many driving around Columbus just attached to like Toyota Camry. Oh yeah, you can get the little small one with the yeah. little add-ons. I mean, that's he's good stuff. Uh, ja Rule turning 48 today. All right, how about that? The uh, former, I guess, current probably still seeing a little bit. Former festival planner. Did you yes. ever watch the Firefest documentary? Seeing that? Oh yeah, he was like a big. He was a big proponent of it. Good for him. He was him. like the business, the other business partner really? next to the scammer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did he know the scam was going on? I think? I think Ja Rule was under the guise that it was going to be a real festival. Like, I don't think that he had any, like, criminality behind Seemed it. Seemed pretty excited. Yeah. Uh, and then Kellen Jones turning 40-day U.S. freestyler, won golds in the 4x100 free, 4x100 medley, and then a silver in the 50 meter free and the other 400 4x100 free in another Olympics as well. He was mostly 2008 and 2012 were his two primaries. And then passing away today. Is this one of the folks you're hearing right here, Shark? I don't know who passed away today. Davy Jones. Davy Jones, lead singer of the Beatles. Beatles. The Monkeys. Monkeys. Pleasant Valley Sunday. Passed away. He was uh, so cute. 12 years ago today in 2012, we lost Davy Jones. Got a locker named after him. Absolutely. Down in the down in the depths. Uh, it's Bachelor's Day. All right. Once every four years, being you get Bachelor's Day. <laughs> it makes sense. Digital Learning Day, which is always the last Thursday in February. Uh, International Underlings Day, which is on Leap Year. National Leap Year Day. National Chili Day, which is the last Thursday in February. National Toast Day, which is also the last Thursday in February. Rare Disease Day, which is the last day in February always. Superman's birthday. I didn't know Superman was born on... uh, He's not very old. There you go. Surf and Turf Day and Yellowstone Park Day. And those are your historical events, your birthdays, your passings, your holidays, observances for this leap day. February 29th, the 60th day of the year and 306 days remaining in 2024. Good job on that, General. As always, we're blowing right through a 12-team playoff and heading to a 14-teamer. That's next. Morning Juice right here on The Fan. Fan traffic. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. Hey there, and a good Thursday morning to you. Right now, still watching a road closure out in Madison County from yesterday's storm. Debris is being cleared up on US 40 between State Route 38 and State Route 56 that has it closed in both directions. In the 10 TV Traffic Center, I'm Amy Star. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. If this show made a scented candle, it would smell like bad coffee, unwashed jockstrap, and grass clippings. I wasn't sure how you take your coffee. You were listening to Morning Juice. So, mouth or enema? A leap day edition of the program. Do you know why we have a leap day? Anybody out there? Um, because it's 365 days in a quarter that we rotate the sun. Yes. Um, good, good job. I mean, that's just math. Right. <laughs> yeah. It is just I math. May not Once be the years, let's catch up. We add another day to that. Boom. There we go. If you can't teach kids math about quarters, be like, hey, if you have four quarters, what do you have? A dollar. Boom. There you go. You get one if you have four quarters. A single thing. So every four years, we have 366 days in the calendar. If we did not observe the leap years, our seasons would be 
messed up as our equinox uh, our, our, and then our summer move. yeah our summer and winter solstices would no longer align with the seasons uh, you had Dr. Stephen Hughes of Queensland University down in Australia he said if there were no leap years the seasons would completely swap every 750 years example the middle of the summer would become the middle of the winter so yeah we to offset that we just, slowly work your way down yeah and I don't know if this how this plays into Chops' uh, six-day week with yeah, four-day working, two-day weekends. We'll have to ask him about that. That's true. On his last day before he heads off to Ireland and England. I'm sure he, that's the conversation that he wants to get into today. So those born on that day, on Leap Day, don't always get to celebrate their actual birthday since that date only occurs every four years. Someone born on Leap Day typically celebrates either yesterday or today, but February 29th is still used for ID and important important documents. So there you go, like passports, IDs, yeah. birth certificates, all those things. Like it will say February 29th. I mean, Josh Perry's wife is fairly pregnant. Yep. I would, it would yes. be fantastic if... As long as it's not too early that he would have a leap year baby. I feel like he would be a good leap year dad. Oh, he would be the best. He would be the best leap year dad. So there you go. A little uh, information uh, on the leap year and uh, everything surrounding it. Because we would be in the middle of summer, which actually would be an okay thing, I feel like, for right now. But uh, with how cold it is out uh, this morning. So the future college football playoff, uh, we know that their contract ends after the 2025 season um, as to what's going on. And last week when you were on the Buckeye Cruise, Bob, uh, they had an addendum where they moved from a four-teamer officially to the 12-teamer. Now, okay. we're just blowing right through that stop sign because we're going to get the 12-teamer this year and the 12-teamer, I believe, next year. So it's only a two-year two, two year runway. And then the year after that, we're just going to a 14-teamer. I mean, uh, Bill Hancock, who is, what, the executive director, I think, of the college football playoff. I don't know his exact Father title. of Herbie. Yes, uh, Herbie's dad. Uh, Hancock's one-month deadline of mid-March looms. There's optimism for momentum for a 14-team playoff starting in 2026. There's an effort to come to an agreement in the coming weeks, sources said, but nothing is certain, and there are potential roadblocks in the expected pushback. Uh, The television side of the deal has already been agreed to in principle starting in 2026. ESPN is is poised to spend an average of nearly $1.3 billion on the playoff for six seasons. We haven't even gotten... To the 12 team yet. Why are we in such a rush to go to 14? Why why are we in such a rush to just blow through the stop sign? What if this is great? What if this is the best format that we can get? And everybody loves it. Well, and you don't have any you know, uh, complaining and moaning from sides. Like 12 teams, that's good. Automatic qualifiers, those seem to be pretty good. Home field advantage. Like, well, everybody wants to protect their own turf and get their own AQs. And right now we have the four conference champs or five as automatic qualifiers. The top five ranked conference champs will be that. So you're thinking Big Ten, SEC, ACC, Big 12, and then probably group group of five, maybe someone from the two-team Pac-12. I don't know how that'll look. So the 14-team college football playoff model, do you know what this is like? Well, I know that they're pushing the SEC and Big Ten. We're pushing for three AQs apiece. Yes. So that's six. I think the eight, the... ACC and Big 12 wanted at least two apiece. Yeah, that's 10. So that gets you to 10. And then you'd have the group of five in there. It would be 11. And then three at large. If Notre Dame was in the top 14, then they would be in there. But the Big 10 and SEC are probably thinking, okay, that gets you to 12. There'll be two more left. We'll probably gobble those up too. So this is the whole thing. In Which sounds why, about right. Yeah. So, again, SEC and the Big 10 would uh, – uh, under this new 14-team format. And, again, we're – like I said, we're blowing through the stop sign and – 
you know, we're going from 12 to 14, it seems, in 2026, and that's the way that it's going to work. Uh, SEC in the Big Ten with three, ACC in the Big 12 with two, like you mentioned, group of five with one, and then your at-large will have three, or Notre Dame can take one of those as well. So that at-large thing, uh, that our at-large number uh, will move around. And this is why the significant asset grabbing and the power grabs by the Big Ten and the SEC, like this... I don't necessarily know if this is the end game, but this is a We're in the end game now, exponential amount of dollars more that they're going to be receiving oh, yeah. on a yearly basis than the rest of college football. They already do, but with those automatic qualifiers and the money they're going to generate from those games uh, and each conference getting another team, I mean, this is more cash going back into the conference pockets. And it's the it's the power grab is working out in their favor because now they're becoming the dominant voices uh, in college athletics. Well, they have the biggest brands, the biggest teams. They've had the most success, mm-hmm. and it's understandable why they want to protect that. And you look at the dollars that are going to be generated with it. Now, is it fair to everyone else? Well, fair is a matter of opinion based upon are you deriving value? Do you der- do you create value yeah. by being in there now? Everybody wants some level of competitive balance, and there are some good teams in the Big 12 and the and the ACC, but are there the volume, the quantity? Do they have the people that will watch? And like that's, that's the cruel and sad reality of it is there's regions of the country now where people do not care yeah. about college football, and then there's other regions that care immensely, and that's what's made it the second most popular sport in the country. And so you've got to balance this dichotomy of what it is. It's the different main difference between the NFL and college football is the obviously I mean there are way more you know college football teams than there are NFL but the care I mean let's take just take two name two random NFL teams the Green Bay Packers and Buffalo Bills Green Bay Packers and Buffalo Bills in the Super Bowl would draw the same exactly as a Philadelphia Eagles and Houston Texans I mean I would argue that those are the two smallest markets and that they may outdraw a Rams yes like. Let's say a Chargers. Here's the Super Bowl that the world needs. Chargers Cardinals. Oh, yeah. How about that? That's what you want. That's, I think that everybody. Jim Harbaugh against Kyler Murray. Absolutely. Maybe if I could that interest you aw- <laughs> in, a, like, in a Jags, uh, maybe a Jags Cardinals. That might be the only one that would supersede that. Yeah. The Shagwires. I mean, the lack of caring for that would be incredible. But I just look at two teams that you would say are. You know, I guess Jacksonville's not a huge market, but the Chargers are in L.A. Yeah, Phoenix is a pretty big market. Yeah, but Like, just do people care? And the thing is, in the NFL, people care across the country. And the reality is, in college football, some of the people that care the most about teams aren't even don't even reside in their region. It's yeah. more of an NFL market. Like, the, the SEC and the Big, Tw- Big Ten footprint, especially Ohio, people watch the national championship game, usually the— Cleveland, Cincinnati, Columbus, they're in the top 10 in market observation. No matter who's in it. No matter who is in it. And they're fairly big markets. And a majority of that could also be said for Big Ten country and SEC country because they watch. They watch. People watch. California, huge. Lots of folks don't watch. New York, they don't even watch their team, Rutgers. That's right. New York's football team. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, that's that's the Boston College and Boston. Nobody cares. So that's the reality of it. People care in certain areas, and that's why they're able to, to garner more support. Adam Jardy of the Columbus Dispatch. He's going to join the program. We'll talk some Buckeye men's hoops with him next. Morning Juice right here on The Fan. Fan traffic. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. 
Hey there and good morning. Right now, US 40 is still closed in both directions between State Route 38 and State Route 56 as crews work to clear up debris on the roadway from yesterday's storm. Your interstates here in Central Ohio looking really good. Otherwise, no crashes to let you know about. In the 10 TV Traffic Center, I'm Amy Stein. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Beamer is tweeting about Formula One. Oh, hells yes. Bobby is tweeting Rick Springfield concert video. Both are a cry for help. This is one twisted mother. This is Morning Juice. Who's along here? A little leap day edition of the program. Right now we're going to head out to the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems fan guest hotline. Check with our great friend of the Columbus Dispatch. He is Adam Jardy. Adam, great to talk to you. Was there a champagne supernova this past weekend over at the Breslin Center as the Buckeyes cracked their record road losing streak because that was a uh, pretty dramatic finish over there at sparty land i mean that's a, that's probably the best way to put it I, i'm honestly sad that i didn't find a way to work that into my recap because <laughs> that was um yeah that was that was special you know i i ended up like the podcast that i do after every game i just asked a bunch of our uh, readers and tech subscribers to send in where they were when they watched that happen because when you think about it, it just feels like it's been so long since there's been a moment like that for Ohio State basketball. You know, just like something that's just pure elation and joy and happiness. And so it was really fun for me to hear from like readers and subscribers all around the country where they were, what TV they had on, what restaurant they were watching the game at. Um, you know, there was a lot of just, I, I felt like it was cathartic for a lot of Ohio State fans to see that game on Sunday. Oh, it absolutely was. I'll tell you exactly what I was doing, uh, Adam, as our son gets ready to turn uh, one next week. Uh, I was cooking dinner. Meredith was in the room, like consoling him, um, you know, giving him whatever before his dinner was ready, you know, like just doing their own thing. And like he's crying and she's like updating me on the game. She's like, all right, uh, Michigan State missed a free throw. Buckeyes with the ball. I'm like, okay, all right, good. Like, let me. You know, turn the burners on low. I go back into the other room, like, all right, Bruce, don't step out of bounds. Uh, Dale makes the shot. Like, it was crazy. Like, that's where I was at. I was, uh, I was actually cooking dinner and then had to uh, make sure my house wasn't burning down when I got back to the kitchen. But yeah, it was like, it's been, it's been so long, Adam, since you've had that feeling, especially on the road, too. I mean, I guess the closest thing last year was the Tanner Holden shot against Rutgers that shouldn't have really happened because, uh, you know, player was out of bounds. But to your point, it's just, it's, it seemed like it had been forever since the Buckeyes had had one of those moments. Yeah, and, and I think that that's part of what is making the this last you know two weeks or so <clears throat> potentially special, and, and why I think um, you know that this team is is showing a lot about who it is and, and kind of what it's about. It's just that you know the, this shows there there's still some really talented players in that locker room, and I think this is a group of guys that and they've dealt with some significant adversity, the likes of which nobody really saw coming when the year started, and yet. Here they are. They're still finding ways to, to, to do things like this. I mean, to, be, to beat Purdue at home and then go beat Michigan State on the road to end a year-and-a-half road losing streak uh, all in the span of a week, is there's some stuff to that. And, and I think that's, that's one of the things that uh, I'm going to remember about this team whenever this season ends. It's just that they kept fighting, even when um, everything seemed to be completely you know, lost.
you know, out on this team, they've had a propensity to give up leads late in the game, you know, final 10, 12, 8, 7 minutes. Now, this was a game where they were trailing in half. You know, it didn't necessarily look good. They tried to keep close it down. What, what is, is there something that's changed about the resiliency of this team? I mean, what, what has given them this little extra boost? I know that we start talking about Debler and everything else, but is, is there something significant going on with their play that has allowed them to come away with a couple of big wins here in the last three games? I think there's two things. I think, one, they just seem to be playing more freely. They seem to not have a burden on their shoulders, and I don't think they're, like, looking up at the clock going, like, oh, man, we got a lead. Are we going to blow it this time? Like, I just feel like... sounds terrible. uh, It just feels like there's a different vibe and a different mentality where, like, you know, there's just a weight off of their shoulders. And and I think also enabling them to to close games in a much better fashion, like, they're substituting more frequently. Um, You know, I have a story this morning online about the fact that Diebler has been using more lineups and more lineups with less um, on the court for less amount of time than than Holden was doing. And so you have more substitutions. You have guys that are playing harder for shorter stretches, and that's allowing them to, I think, be a little bit more effective late. You're, they're not quite as worn down uh, maybe in the last couple of minutes, which I think helps when you're trying to either come back or, or hold on to a lead. You're, you're not completely gassed. So I think dipping into the bench a little bit has, has helped. He is Adam Jardy, the Columbus Dispatch, with us here on the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems fan guest hotline. I also think the emergence of Devin Royal has been huge. Yeah. He's playing not necessarily out of his mind, Adam, but for a true freshman in the Big Ten, recently he's been putting in a lot of good work. Yeah, and you know he's always been an interesting case this year because they didn't need him to come on like right away. They didn't need him to be a freshman who was going to come out and give you 12 or 14 a night right away, but the hope was that he would get there. And when we talk, when when I talked with you guys back in November, December, when things were going well, it was like, why could this team have a better fate than last year's team when you got into league play? The one of my answers was like, you know, there's a belief that like a Devin Royal is going to significantly get better as the year goes on, kind of like EJ Liddell did as a freshman. That's the analogy everyone keeps making, and it, it just didn't quite happen for a little while, and he seemed to be kind of stuck uh, on the depth chart a little bit. But these these last several games. He looks like that that kind of guy. I mean, a guy that knows how to go get a bucket. And I think when he's playing with that kind of confidence, that level of aggression, and he's able to stay on the court and not get in foul trouble, it's a huge boost for this team. Um, he was he was incredible uh, at, at Michigan State. And um, Jake Diebler has talked a lot about the, the play that most impressed him was that when they had to inbound the ball after Michigan State tied the game with six seconds left, you know, he had to hold that ball and wait for somebody <laughs> to get open. And... And and he did, you know, he made the right read and he made that play possible. And so, yeah, I think he had 14 points and, you know, a couple of big buckets in that game. But the fact that he was able to make that play uh, in the final seconds on the road and, and allow Ohio State to have that game winning shot, I think also says a lot about about his development, his growth. All right, sitting here at 6-11, three games left, three very winnable games, one against your rival up in Michigan Let's get crazy here, Adam. Speculate wildly. Okay. I mean, they go 3-0 and down this stretch. What does that mean for this team? Uh, it means they would go to Minneapolis for the Big Ten tournament with a chance to play themselves on the bubble. Um, you know, this is still, um, you know, if you're talking about a team at 19 wins going into the conference tournament. If they were to win one or two, you're talking 20, 21 wins. You know, that's that's definitely like that. Uh, that that's an NCAA tournament caliber resume and maybe that's a like get you to Dayton type resume because 
I mean, at the end of the day, they still have a lot of losses and a couple of them are not very good. But um, yeah, if this team, if this team shows that it could put together a significant winning streak right now, which to be fair, they haven't won, you know, uh, anything consecutively at that level in, in quite a while here. But if they're able to do something like that, starting with, you know, tonight against Nebraska, it certainly, it, it raises the conversation. Let's, let's put it that way. It, I don't, uh, you know, cue Lloyd Christmas. So you're telling me there's a chance. Um, I mean, I, I don't think it's a great chance, but they're not they're not completely dead in the water right now. So when you talk about desirability uh, of jobs around the country, Adam, where would you kind of place this Ohio State job uh, that is currently open? You know, when I when I talk to like guys who who cover the sport from a national perspective, they tell me it's a top twenty, top fifteen job. You have the resources you need. You have the backing of an athletic department that is, uh, you know, the most profitable in the nation. Um, you have a, a fan base that is loud and vocal and passionate. Um, it, it, there's a lot of things that make this job uh, very desirable. And I think that's a reason why, um, you know, you, you're looking at a situation where Ohio State is almost certainly going to, to uh, attract a sitting high major division one coach for this position like some you're not necessarily looking to just hire the next up-and-coming guy you're looking for like someone who's done it at a high level at a high major program and that's that's i think where the coaching search starts and so where it ends you know we'll we'll see but this is a job that you expect someone's going to leave a really good job to go take this job and so i think that puts it in a pretty pretty high echelon in in the national landscape what do you think the timeline will be for this with Ross Bjork, as he kind of, you know, tries to make some of these decisions, as Gene has kind of basically acquiesced and said this will be, you know, his choice since he's got to be the one that lives with it. Hey, acquiesce, my favorite Oasis song. I like that drop there. Um, I, I do think uh, that's something that will pick up as we move a little bit further into March because the, the thing that does get tricky is basically all the candidates that they're going to be talking to are at the most important parts of their seasons. And so that's not that, like, that's not to say you can't be – you know, having conversations with people who are having conversations with the people you need to talk to and, you know, doing all the stuff you need to do so that you're, you're, you're getting work done and, you know, making progress. But um, it is going to be tricky if like, say that their ideal candidate is, uh, you know, playing or is coaching a team that ends up in the final four, you know, like you're not going to hire that candidate until they're done playing in the final four. And so that could certainly extend things out. And, you know, uh, it's going to create for some interesting timing, I think, with trying to interview candidates and, and really solidify things. So um, I do expect probably like mid-March is when things will really start to ramp up. And really, like the calendar is a little bit weird. I mean, the Big Ten tournament isn't until like the second week of, of March and um, Selection Sunday is not until the 17th. So it feels like everything's a little bit later this year um, from from a calendar standpoint. So I think that's going to push things back a little bit, too. So. I think things will pick up about mid-March and then really heat up by the end of the month. About a month from now uh, is when things will start to heat up on that front. Adam, always appreciate the time. Thanks for hopping on with us this morning. Uh, looking forward to the coverage tonight. We'll check in again soon, okay? Hey, thanks for playing Champagne Supernova. Great to talk to you guys. <laughs> there it goes. Adam Jardy, the Columbus Dispatch, with us here on the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. Shark, we have to lock in Acquiesce by Oasis for the next time uh, that Adam comes on. I'll make, make sure to put that on my prep sheet to figure that out the next time uh, that Adam joins us. One Power 5 schools uh, charging their recent success to winning. That's next. Morning Juice right here on The Fan. Fan traffic. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. 
Hey there, and good Thursday morning to you right now. No crashes to let you know about, but we are watching a road closure still out in Madison County. This is on US 40 between State Route 38 and State Route 56 as crews work to clear up debris in that area from yesterday's storm. In the 10 TV Traffic Center, I'm Amy Staggerwald. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Just a couple of dudes being guys. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. You're listening to Morning Juice. We're here on The Juice and brought to you by our good friends over at Affinity Whole Health, the leader in testosterone and hormone replacement therapy. You can always visit them online at feelgreatcolumbus.com. Addendum to the schedule tomorrow at this time, head coach Buckeyes, Ryan Day. He's going to join the program. So 24 hours from right now, uh, he's going to join us. So that means we're going to have to move this mm. to around 6.35. Morning Juice presents Quick Hitters. Sharky, I want you to be on your toes I tomorrow. can't do it, Bean. I, I, I'm a man of routine. It's 10 minutes earlier, so you're going to have to be ready for a curveball, all right? I say well, let's just have Ryan Day as our quick hitter. <laughs> Yeah, that's what do you think a, about that? Hey, Coach, uh, can you fill in for Shark and do some quick hitters for us? That'd be great. Thanks. Happy Leap Day, gentlemen. Uh, golfer Taylor Gooch, he doesn't like the way the four major tournaments fill out their fields. They use a combination of wins and majors, wins over the past year, and, of course, the world golf rankings. Well, Gooch didn't get an invite this spring to the Masters, and he's not happy about it. Because he plays in the live, he's not earning ranking points and uh, has fallen to 449th in the world rankings. Apparently, Greg Norman didn't notify him about that uh, before he joined the live. But anyway, um, Gooch finished with this thought, Beamer. Quote, if Rory McIlroy completes his Grand Slam without some of the best golfers in the world... There's just going to be an asterisk. I mean, come on, man. What are we doing here? I mean, Joaquin Neiman, who plays on Live, got an exemption to play in the Masters. All the big dogs who have won majors in the recent years, like John Rahm, he's going to be there. <laughs> yeah, he won the Masters last year. Like guys who well, have he gets won a lifetime exemption. Don't he you? does, of course. Yeah, of course you do. You get that sweet green jacket for a year, and then you got to go put it back in your locker, and you can't take it off the premises until that sweet champions dinner that they have uh, on Tuesday evening. The reality of the situation is Taylor Gooch has one PGA Tour win. He has three live golf wins. Congratulations to him. That's Those quite the big. accomplishment. Uh, the only problem for... How many for, team wins do they have? That's <laughs> a really good point. Uh, I'm not exactly sure about the team win situation. The only problem is uh, for Mr. Gooch is that he's comp- he's competed in, uh, let's see, five, nine. He's competed in 13 majors uh, since 2017. All right, so seven years, 13 major appearances. Um, he's highest is tied 14th. You want to get exemptions into these majors and you want to play in the Masters? Win it. Like, I know that, well, win, a, win something. You're not invited to the Masters because we know that's like an invitational and it's a pretty small field. But to say that Rory's, if he gets a the career Grand Slam without him present, that is a, that's hey, a crazy statement. People always have said the Gooch is a huge thorn in Rory's side. Yeah, true. And I was wondering if we could get a Matt Kuchar in ah. Gooch. Pairing, so we could have Gooch and Cooch, Gooch and Cooch, as a nice little pairing for one of these tournaments. Because I think that's the, I think that's the pairing the world needs. 
trying to think of another name that rhymes with cooch and gooch. Mooch. There's not Mooch. A- Steve Mariucci? <laughs> yes, Steve Mariucci. <laughs> They're going to have a pro-am. They're going to be a pro-am, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Football coach Lance Leopold has had quite a career turning around programs. He started at Wisconsin Whitewater at the age of 43, spent eight years there. He won seven Division Three championships, Ooh. national championships. Not bad. 109 wins, six losses. Then he got the job at the University of Buffalo. And went 37-33 and 33 in six years, which is uh, really good at Buffalo. Took the Bulls to bowl games his last three years. Then he took over a really bad Kansas team, a team that had gone winless under Les Miles. in America. Yeah. In the history of, I guess we call it the FBS or the... Um, uh, Just football in Power general. Five. Just football in I general. I think it, for a while there, it was Wake Forest and Kansas had the two worst... FBS programs. Now I think Kansas has. But anyway, they, they went winless under Les Miles, and they hired uh, Mr. Leopold, and he went 2-10 and 10 in his first year, but then 15-11 and 11 over the past two seasons with bowl bids the last two years. The Jayhawks want to keep Leopold and are giving him big bucks to stay. His contract now runs through 2029, and Bob, at little old Manhattan, Kansas... Leopold will make $7 million a year, which ranks third now in the Big 12. Well, the reality is, I mean, Kansas, they could be better than this. He's got them to where they're competitive. And as much as Kansas is a basketball school, if you're good at football, you'll make more money there. And they know that. They realize they need to keep him. Because if not, the Big Ten and SEC will come calling with some of their schools, and they'll pay them $7 million. I'm sure this has a healthy buyout on it. Yep. It's a heck of a coach. Yep. And they're doing everything they can to keep him there. How dare you uh, insult... He's eating some of that pickled Einstein brain. That's true. That uh, our guy... Um... The Mad Hatter, what's his name? Less. Yeah, their guy Less uh, once ate, or I guess licked. That's how you do that. How dare you insult uh, Rock Chalk alums too, Shark? I mean, you said Manhattan, Kansas. That's Kansas State. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Lawrence is where... Yes, that Lawrence is... Of Arabia. That's a big apology on my part, yeah. No, he is... Grim Hall just woke up in a cold <laughs> yeah. sweat. Somebody mentioned Lawrence, Kansas. I gotta wake up. Um... No, this is this is. I think it's a great deal for Kansas. I think it's a great deal for Lance Leipold. Anytime that you know there's a job opening, like he's been he's been rumored to you know kind of, kind of be in the running. So uh, it works out for Kansas, and it works out uh, for him especially. And it's something that he wants to build. And if he does, that will be one of the great one of the greatest rebuilds in college football history, uh, considering where they were it's at. Like just what a Barry few Alvarez years ago. did yeah. in Wisconsin. Yeah, they were awful before. Greatest he got there. football player ever at Kansas. Akeem Tlaib. Uh, no, no, no. That would be uh, yeah, Gale Sayers. Uh, Gale Sayers. Sayers. There you go. I was joking with Akeem. If yeah. you were likely going to be the number one pick in the NFL draft, would you work out at the NFL Combine? No. You got more to lose than you do to gain, and that's what Caleb Williams is doing. He's not working out. For teams, he is going to be in Indianapolis for the Combine to talk with teams. And Beamer, in an interview with ESPN, he said he would be excited to play for your Bears and would love to live in Chicago because he admires Michael Jordan, Walter Payton, and deep dish pizza. Yep, I mean, it was kind of interesting to hear what he had to say because there had been rumors like he doesn't want to play for the Bears because it's such a poor... But if they trade the pick, he'll also be happy to play for whoever else. Of course, I mean, he'll be probably more thrilled to play somewhere else uh, (laughs) compared to the Bears with how inept that they are. Um, But yeah, I mean, I wouldn't... Why would you work out? He's got nothing... He's got nothing... Literally nothing to gain from 
working there. I mean, he will be the number one pick, whether the Bears take it, whether they trade fields, whether they keep fields. Like, he will be the number one overall pick. So there's nothing to gain. He's going to sling some pills out of his pro day at USC. And then, you know, we fast forward. some pills? Yeah. And then he's going to fast forward to the end of April. He'll be number one, number one player selected in the draft. When I talk, when I talk about guys slinging pills, usually that means they're dealing, dealing some sort of drugs, Beam. Yeah. Doing that, throwing football around, okay. slinging the pigskin. Slinging the pigskin, slinging pills, that might get you incarcerated. Well, hopefully not for his sake. Well, that's what we're hoping for. Yeah, why work out for him? Doesn't make sense, Shark. This sends quick hitters. Didn't we all love getting reports, report cards as kids? That and the re-rack coming up next. Morning Jupes right here on The Fan. Fan traffic. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. Hey there and good morning. No crashes to let you know about right now, but we are still seeing a road closure because of debris on the roadway from yesterday's storm. This is out in Madison County near the Madison County Airport on US 40 between State Route 38 and State Route 56. In the 10 TV Traffic Center, I'm Amy Stagerwald. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Cash Browns and Smackdowns. You're listening to Morning Juice. Hour number two of the program for us. On a Thursday, Brandon Bean, Bobby Carpenter, Mark the Shark. Coming up here, about a half hour's time, Dave Biddle, Bucknuts on the money. He's going to join the program. We'll talk some Buckeyes with him. About an hour from now, Albert Breer of the MMQB going to join the program live from the Combine over in Indy. Talk all things across the NFL. Again, bids coming up here around 735. Albert Breer going to join us right after the re-rack in the 8 o'clock hour around 8.05. Keeping you informed about what's trending this morning, it's time for a little re-rack on Morning Juice. Sponsored by Billiards Plus, your destination for top-of-the-line grills with up to 30-year warranties. Billiards Plus on Dublin Center Drive in Dublin. Buckeye women's hoops get it done for the first time in 14 years as outright Big Ten Conference champions. 67-51, to 51, the final score against Michigan last night. The only team to beat them in the Big Ten this year. How about this? Nice little resume. 25-3, and 16-1, and currently on a 15-game win streak. So this game in Iowa City this upcoming weekend it's not meaningless. You obviously you want to go in there and you want to continue the play uh, that you've had, and especially against Caitlin Clark on what is going to be her senior day in a raucous environment. Oh, it's, uh, it's like five hundred bucks. Oh, it's great. the The ticket prices for that are are insane. But I'm glad that you sealed it. You sealed it with these past two wins against Maryland and then Michigan, because that's what we had been kind of looking Hoping at. For yeah, these, you know. All right, Big Ten Championship. Of course, and they did that. Uh, beat Maryland over the weekend and then took down Michigan last night, 67-51. to Big Ten champs again, 25-3, and 16-1 in conference and on a 15-game losing streak. Here was Kevin McGuff last Wait night. Streak. What did I say? 
Losing streak. Oh, no, no, yeah, no. You got that confused with the men's, men's road, road streak. We don't no. need that. No, that's not them. That's don't, uh, don't put that evil on them, Ricky Bobby. No, I don't, I don't want to do that. Uh, here was Mr. McGuff last night uh, talking about being Big Ten champs. Really proud of the team. This is an incredible win for us. Uh, you know, we fought so hard to put ourselves in position, but it's so great to see us close it out. So he's with Matt there on what, the broadcast. What is this, a 1960s he's, he's radio call, broadcast? He's, he's, call, he's calling in, and usually, I mean, he either goes up or they have a, you know, like a little Comrex box that he just goes and talks to on the yeah. microphone. So I think they were just, cel- I think, I don't know if the celebrations were getting crazy or what was going he on. He was on a cell phone on the court. <laughs> Wait, so usually he goes back to the locker yes. room and and does his post game on a cell Buckeye phone. Minute? It it is twenty twenty four, and that's the quality of sound we I get. I mean, that sounds like a nineteen sixties like post major league baseball game interview. <laughs> and that's like the closest thing I could hear to it. Oh, we got ourselves up here. And like the, it's you can hear the crowd so ambient over top of it. Oh yeah, let's take a listen to it again. Really proud of the team. This is an incredible win for us. Uh, you know, we fought so hard to put ourselves in position for this, so it's great to see us close it out. Oh, it's just a party down there. Absolutely. Do you think they were warming up to Rihanna again? Yes, thousand percent. Like the day that. Well, why change it? Things the- are going so well for them during this win streak. Why? Why? change things. I just was curious. I mean, given that that's what they were playing in the background of the Holtman press conference uh, for his uh, departure that I was wondering if they they dusted it back off, pulled it back out. You know, like they've been winning every week. Beam Michigan, like you said, it wasn't revenge they were after. Beam, it was the reckoning. Absolutely. And so they've got that. Now they're going Sunday to Iowa City. Uh, One of my neighbors is going. They actually bought bought an auction package. His daughter's my daughter's age. And Basketball fan plays basketball and uh, seventh grader, and at the I don't even know the NIL event that they had over at the shot this summer. They had an auction package like fly with the team, do all this, and so they got it. And it's like it seemed like a million years ago that we were at this thing because it was in like June or July or something like that. And all of a sudden it was like, hey, go to the Iowa game, this and that, final game of the season. And I think everybody kind of knew how good Caitlin Clark was and how good she was going to be. I don't think people realized how good Ohio State could have potentially been this year. I mean, I think people knew they'd be good, but yeah. number one seed good, right. like win the Big Ten, beat Iowa good. I mean, well, they already did it once, and so they're... You were losing some key contributors for last year, yeah. too. Like. But they're headed over uh, for that, and they're uh, super excited. So they go, listen, man... They, well, they probably, for whatever they paid... Oh, it's undervalued. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be undervalued. Because tickets, like I said, for non-general admission, like well, tickets like right are going behind, for like $550, $600. Yeah, the tickets are like right behind the bench, too. So, yeah, I mean, it's a whole oh, deal. Travel with the team. I mean, it's a big, than that. big deal. And, yeah, they're right there with them and during the whole thick of it. And like you said, you're sitting up in the nosebleeds for 500 bucks. So the cheapest ticket on TickPick to see the Hawkeyes and the Buckeyes face off. TickPick? Yes, that's right. A tick with a T. With a T. $358 for standing room only. (laughs) With the fees, I mean, that'll be over $400. Uh, If someone wants a seat for the game, the cheapest ticket was four hundred and fifty dollars as of yesterday evening. The most expensive ticket is row nine of section right behind the Iowa bench for $6,500 yeah. a pop. So whatever they paid was way under market value. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, I don't think anybody would have would have anticipated that. But once Iowa played Ohio State here and you got the game that you did, and the prices that you did in the yeah. arena size that the shot is, like, yeah, I think that's a pretty good value that you got there because there's no way. I mean, 
talk about behind the Iowa bench, sixty five hundred bucks. That's for the ones that are even for sale. Like, You're right? If you don't know what it is, Beam, you can't afford it. Yeah, if you have to ask. ZJ's flying around. <laughs> Congrats to them. First time in 14 years. That's awesome. Banners fly forever, B. Banners do fly forever. Damn it. You're right, Bob. So good job out of them. That was terrific. Uh, Jackets go down to the Rangers 4-1 to last night at home against the Canes. So second part of their back-to-back tonight uh, at 7 o'clock. Buckeye men's team in action against Nebraska. 6-30. That is 5-30. Coverage begins here uh, on the fans. So that is a uh, it's a weird start time. Usually it's either 7, 8, or 9. This time you get a 6.30 banger, so a little oh, half yeah. hour earlier. That's that's actually nice. Yeah. Do you, uh, did you enjoy getting report cards as, ki- as a kid? Uh, for the most part, if I knew my grades were good. Which yeah, no, I always, pretty I always pretty, was pretty tepid about the situation, bringing that bad boy home. And then they started. I'm trying to think what happened first. I don't know if they, I think as a younger, younger lad, they gave them to you to transport home. With your parents, they but then it, sending them to you. But then, at some age, they stopped trusting you to give them to your parents, and then they started mailing it to you, uh, and that always made me a little bit nervous because, um, oh, nervy. Yeah, it was. I was never the greatest student in the world. Our graduating class in high school was six sixty. Do you know where I finished out of six hundred and sixty? Uh, three thirty. I did finish three thirty. <laughs> I split. I split the uprights. I Is mean, that for right, real? Swear. 3.30 out of 6.60. Like, boom, right. I was right in the middle of the pack. So, uh, Hey, but that got you into Western Kentucky. That did get me into Western Kentucky, and then I had to take a little pit stop at Sinclair because my grades weren't good enough to get into Ohio State. So then I had to transfer my way uh, in there. I was in the transfer portal a couple of times before making my All way right. to Columbus. A couple portal, some portal uh, Great ACT score. It's just that 3.30 out of 6.60 doesn't really look good on a resume. Uh, or what What do they call it? Um, application? And an application when you're getting ready for college. Got denied the first time into Ohio State, and then uh, the second but time. But wouldn't be denied the second. I wouldn't. No, I, w- I was going to come here to school. Whether I was like Van Wilder or not going to classes, I was coming to Columbus. Uh, so I was always nervous about that situation when my report cards came home. But I, I do enjoy the NFLPA's report cards uh, that come out and the grading of teams. So This is great. Um, the subjects for the NFL teams you have treatment of families so this is this is these the, are the yeah these are what like your the class players subjects. think about the owners about how these different topics and you know what how they fare on these different topics and what grade they're going to give them in 2023. So this was this past year, the NFLPA worked with uh, some research experts at a strategy group to further enhance the survey process and provide third party perspective. The service, the survey was administered from August 26th to November 16th of last year. A total of 1,706 players completed the survey from this year. That's the whole league. Whole league. Everybody is completing the survey. So this is every player grading their team on how they are treated as players so and basically these uh, end of year surveys like we do here at the fans. Yeah, correct. That's, a lot of businesses do that. Yeah. You know, how, tell us a, how we can do better. These are going to be anonymous surveys. You really want to know? <laughs> yeah. All right. Here you go. Uh, We're going to give you some, uh, oh goodness, who did we play yesterday? Uh, Jagged Little Pill, some Atlantis. You ought to know. Yeah, you ought to know and what you're no doing And there's no movie wrong. theater happy ending, Shark. So treatment of uh, families is a uh, was a as a class in this food cafeteria, nutritionist, dietitian, locker room, training room, training staff, and weight room. New this year was head coach and owner. <laughs> so yeah. I I mean I really enjoy how we are. Uh, I mean we're just we can have the opportunity to throw our guys under the bus really. 
if we wanted to. Now, you start to look around the league. The worst treatment of families uh, comes actually from the Cincinnati, Cincinnati Bengals, tied with the Steelers, Commanders, and Patriots. Mm. For, I thought the Patriots were pretty good when I was there. Well, apparently they've gotten bad since you have left. So the Cincinnati Bengals, out of all 32 teams in the NFL, as a as a grand to, as a rolling total, so one out of thirty two, one being the best, thirty two being DFL. Where do you believe that the Cincinnati Bengals ranked on treatment of players uh, in their entire grading process? Treatment of players? Well, no, 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 just their entire all of those all of those grades combined. Oh, they're aggregate aggr- aggregate scoring. Yeah, um, I'm going to say twenty six. You nailed it. I mean, you're all at three thirty. You got three thirty. And then you got 26. So the Cincinnati Bengals ranked 26 in the NFL out of all 32 teams. When you're winning, people generally feel better about life, too. So, like, they've been good. (laughs) It's tough to be in the bottom half when you're winning. Because people are just generally more happy. Treatment of families got an F-. minus. Food and cafeteria got an F-. I love the fact that you can get an F-. minus. Oh, yeah. Not even an F. I mean, F-. minus. Nutritionist dietitian got an F minus, which yeah, all ranked thirty second. Terrible there. Locker room got a D plus. That's good for twenty fourth. There's a lot of teams with a lot of worse locker rooms uh, than that. Training room B plus. Training staff B plus. Weight room B plus. Strength coaches A minus. That's the, the strength o- coach is good down there. Yeah, so they crack in the top ten in that and training staff. Team travel C. Head coach A. Yeah, people like Zach Taylor. And then their ownership got C plus, which is good for twenty fifth. So here's the th- here's what you saw to this. You said head coach, yep, training room or training trainer, training staff, yep, and strength coach, yep, and training room, yeah, and tra- all received like winning grades. All were in the top ten, yes, because those are human being hirings, and like that's a human investment. Capital investments, as far as the buildings and like how you're treating people, what you're doing with facilities, those are all at the bottom, yeah. They just got an indoor, for heaven's sake. Their food down there has never been very good. Yeah, so had to like it comes out of your paycheck to pay for food. I believe. I don't. Oh yeah, Dallas was that way too. Okay. Early in my career, I mean, they charge us fifty dollars a week to eat. I go, well, what if I just don't eat the food? They're like, well, no one's ever done that before. I'm like, well, <laughs> why are you gonna? Because this food is garbage. It's trash. Like, and then they started getting a little better. And Jerry wasn't investing it because they're getting ready to build the star in a couple of years. And I, I get all that. I understand it, but it was. It was brutal. People thought, oh, the Dallas Cowboys, the Taj Mahal. Like, look yeah. at the new stadium. Like, great. I go there 10 times a year. If we're lucky to make the playoffs, get a home game, maybe an 11th. I don't spend time there. And the old stadium in Dallas, terrible family situation, awful family setup. There was nowhere to really meet your families anywhere, like, under the cover of weather. In the new stadium, they had a nice family room. And so they, they did that right. And there may have been a secret door to go to the, like, uh, luxury suites owners Ooh. area, and they had an open bar there, which found that out like week two, <laughs> my last year. Which guys showed up like, where'd you get these? Like over there. I'm like, how much were they? Something like, I'm not spending fifteen dollars on a drink. Yeah, like, no way, dude. They're free. I'm like, what? Open bar, dude. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> like, yeah, dude. Like the owners, it's like the, the like the ten suites of the owners clubs over there. And as long as like go over there, and Jerry knew what he was doing because. They would like the door worked kind of both ways. People come through, take some pictures, and the guys understood like free drinks and stuff over here. I take That's a couple of pictures. Not supposed to be drinks. the case. Yeah. Just say hi, shake some hands, uh, and the people bring their kids through, and they were very polite about it. Um, but they got better with it. Detroit, um, great facilities, 
the training staff not uh, they were okay just it was kind of disjointed when i was there but the facilities were really nice they were a little bit older but they you know their food they had great chefs in there um the food was they always had healthy options good stuff for you the strength coach you know they turned that over but the strength coach in the weight room i thought was pretty good uh while i was there and they liked our coaches and pretty everything else i mean it was pretty solid in New England, the weight room stunk because it was in the stadium. And when you're in the stadium, you're just limited on a lot of times on yeah. stuff. But I think that they've blown that out. They've made that bigger. The food there was elite. They had all in-house chefs, nutritionists. I mean, they had a full-on nutritionist and staff who used to work with, I think maybe even did, still work with like the U.S. military, training their special forces. Oh. We had awesome food all the time, always readily available, very high-quality Good stuff. Um, the training room there wasn't very big, but the trainers were excellent. And so this is kind of when you go back and forth, like the good and the bad of trying to parcel all that out. Where do Sharky's Browns rank on the list? We'll do that next. Morning Juice right here on The Fan. Fan traffic. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. Hey there, and a good Thursday morning to you. We're watching one crash over on I-70 westbound, just beyond the 70-71 split. The right lane is blocked as crews work to clear this up. Also still watching a road closure out in Madison County on US-40. This is between State Route 38 and State Route 56. In the 10TV Traffic Center, I'm Amy Staggerwald. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Bobby and Beamer aren't talking about it. It's not worth your time anyway. You're listening to Morning Juice. We were talking about the Bengals and the report cards that came out from the NFLPA. Again, 1,706 players took these surveys and graded their team's performance on treatment of families, food cafeteria, nutritionist slash dietitian, locker room, training room, training staff, weight room, strength coaches, team travel, head coach, and ownership. So the Bengals ranked 26th. Out of 32 teams. Shark, do you uh, care to take a stab unless you've already seen where the Browns I rank? I have not seen it. Um, I was trying to do a little calculation in my head. You know, the facilities, the stadium are, are getting old, but Berea, they just spruced that up. So they're, you know, where they hold practice yeah. and camp and that's what guys care about it's like really you, nice. You go to the stadium intermittently, that's where your family stuff generally is, but even. Yeah. Then, like, when you have family there during camp and everything else, like, you want that to be as good as possible as well. I'm going to say, let's go, like, high teens, Beam, like, 17, 19. Let's go 19. Bob, care to take a stab where the Browns rank in the NFL? I'd say in the mid-20s, let's say 23. (laughs) You're just all over the place. You're just nailing things left and right this morning. That's what she said. 23rd. The Browns are really? 26th. The Dude, I should have bought a lottery ticket today. And I graduated 330 out of 660. I mean, you've na- <laughs> you've just gotten everything. 330 out of 660. Yeah, out of 660. Well, you knew it wasn't going to be in the top couple hundred. Yeah, so. but still, they hit the number right on the head. The <laughs> I thought it was going to be one. The other ones. <laughs> Meredith said, was like six. I've got I like think. a one yeah. in a 32 shot of those. You know, I mean, right. I've got a, a decent percentage relative to one out of three, <laughs> three six, 660. <laughs> 
so the Browns uh, ranked 23rd. Treatment of families, they received a D minus, which is good for 26th across the league. Food and cafeteria, C plus, which is good for 18th. Nutritionist, dietitian, C plus. Locker room, D plus. Uh, training room, C plus. Training staff, B minus. Weight room, D. Strength coaches, B plus. Team travel, D. Mm. Head coach, B minus. And ownership, B. The Browns do not crack the top 20 other than in their food and cafeteria, which is their 18th, strength coaches, their 19th, and ownership, which is 17th. The B-minus grade on Kevin Stefanski is good for 28th in the NFL. Wow. There's a lot of teams that must love their head coach. Yes. You know, when they say team travel, there's nobody flying commercially. Yeah, but it's how nice are your charters and stuff yeah. and how good is the food on there. What, but I, I what about a hotel? You're staying in, in dude, nice hotels. Not always. No? Dude, we stayed one time when I played with Dallas because our travel guy didn't realize there was some NASCAR event or something going on. <laughs> we stayed in like a mall parking lot hotel that was awful. And we would only stay in Marriott Brands because Jerry had to deal with them. And I think we got some he sort got of... He got all the points. Yeah, just some <laughs> yeah. discount or something. This this hotel, I'm like, dude, this is awful. It hadn't been renovated in probably 20 years. Ugh. I mean, the food was not good there. And so like with the planes... There's a difference. You can try to jam everybody into a smaller one and make it be cheaper. Or New England and Detroit had much longer ones. Everyone got their own row. And I think New England's threw- now, they own their, like, I think Robert Kraft has yeah. his own plane the, and they charter it private the every Dolphins week. The Dolphins flew right? a 767. Oh, God. Dude, we had 343. Everybody got their own row. Like, when I was in Dallas, you had to split one of the three. That's not bad. But, like, there's a big difference if you're a vet and those guys would, like, lay down and take a nap across, like, the vets would get the middle four seats. You'd flip them all up and they'd lay sideways on there. Like, Dallas, our, our, our plane in Dallas, we had an American deal. Obviously, it's headquartered there in Dallas. Our plane had ashtrays in the armrests. <laughs> dead serious. Is there any, like, things are there would, any butts in there? Things would break on it from one year to the next, and you'd be sitting in the same seat, and it'd be still broke the next year. <laughs> there was, like, no dumb. charging ports on it or anything. Jeez. I mean, it's just... Then, then you go to Detroit, and like, man, you take a plane that's, like, one of the extended ones. I'm like, man, they're like, oh, yeah, everybody gets their own row. I'm like, really? It's pretty nice. That's fascinating. Food's pretty good here. You know, by the way, like, oh, the flight attendants are much more pleasant, and with the passing out candy, like, oh, this is great. You know, maybe, maybe, or maybe not. We talked him into opening up the uh, the wet bar and getting some of the airplane bottles out after yeah, we, sounds great. we were flying back from Oakland one night. I mean, it's a long flight, you know. Get a lot of time in there. The highest ranked team on this list, and he get. I mean, you're three for three so far. Now, this isn't pertaining to a number. This is pertaining to an organization. This team, other than two areas, got A's across the board. What? Yeah, all A's. Like, and I it, knew that Seattle used to have their own plane. They gutted it. It was all first class all the way front to back. Um, but when you have owners that are billionaires, yeah. I'm trying to think, like, trying to think the richest owners who take the best care. I don't think Dallas would be up there. I feel like the Dolphins might be up there. The Dolphins ranked A's all across the board. They're number one. Uh, they're one out of 32. Well, the their Dolphins. coach plays Minecraft with his team. Correct. <laughs> yeah. So they're, they share vapes. Like, their their owner's a billionaire. Their facility was older, but I think he's done a good job of refreshing it, re- enhancing it. I think they when they their locker room at the stadium is awesome. 
I think their family room, if I remember correctly, was pretty good. I think they upgraded that. Like A minus on family's situation, A on cafeteria, A on diet, nu- dietist, nu- dietitian, nutritionist, A on locker room, A on training room, A minus on training staff, A plus on weight room. Yeah. And you're winning. That always helps. And an A on a head coach and A plus for ownership. They don't, the Miami Dolphins don't get out of eighth. Like that's their lowest. There you go. I mean, that's. The gold standard there. I mean, there's teams like you don't even have chairs in front of your lockers at some places. It's off. I, I say awful. It's a relative. Yeah. Awful relative to other places. And so you hear guys would hear stories. They'd come in and vets like, what, what's going on here? And you're like, guys, I remember Zach Thomas came to Dallas from Miami. And he was blown <laughs> away with the heck. This is how you guys run yeah, things it's over ridiculous. Here? Like, they don't do this. The trainers don't stretch you here. They don't have that. I mean, just it was out of control. It was wild. They don't give you IVs before the games if you want them. Like, no, I was never thought. I didn't know. Like, when you're a rookie, you don't you know. You guys do that? When you're a rookie, you only know what you know. Yeah. And so, like, you go other places, you're like, hey, they do that here. Like, New England had an elite uh, training room staff, and two of those guys now work for the Buckeyes. And that's why the Buckeyes have an elite training room staff. By the way, Beam, tomorrow at 645, yeah. we got Ryan Day coming up, which is going to be a pretty good, big one. And I got a great story. Who do we have next? Bids. That's good. We have bids. That'll be a good one. I got a great story about it. I was texting Ryan last night with my son, too. Well, perfect. We'll just do that next yeah. before bids can wait on us. Right. We'll, we'll do that and bids next. Morning Juice right here on The Fan. Fan traffic. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. Hey there, and a happy Thursday to you. One crash to let you know about right now. The right lane is blocked on I-70 westbound just beyond the 71-70 split due to a crash that crews are working to clear up right now. Also still watching a road closure out in Madison County. This is on US-40, between State Route 38 and State Route 56. In the 10TV Traffic Center, I'm Amy Stuggerwood. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Panic and passion. Uh, is that a motivational quote or the title of an adult romance novel? <laughs> You're listening to Morning Juice. Here's Law here, a little Thursday edition of the program. Brandon B. Bobby Carpenter, Mark the Shark. Right now, we're going to head out to the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. Checking with our good friend, the Bucknuts. And on the money right here on the fan. He is Dave Biddle. Bids, thanks so much for the time, buddy. Always appreciated. What's going on in Buckeye land right now? I mean, after the first six weeks of the year we had, it was power-packed, all quiet on the Buckeye front. Yeah, uh, the calm before the storm, and we got the media schedule yesterday. Uh, jumping right in, and we got a, you know practice available, interviews. We're going to interview Chip Kelly for the first time. Of course, we're going to interview head coach Ryan Day. Um, you know, and it's, it's just so exciting. This, uh, you know, the 2020 three season uh, couldn't have ended uh, much worse for Ohio state the last two games. And then since then, I mean, it couldn't have been much better. You really couldn't have uh, drawn the script up any better for uh, the Buckeyes since the end of the cotton bowl. Biggest thing you're anticipating coming up for spring bids. You know, it's interesting, Bobby, we were talking about this on uh, my podcast yesterday. I'm floating between the two main things I'm looking for. Well, I mean the chip Kelly offense, that, that'll be fun, but just personnel wise to me, it's what comes down to right tackle. Who's going to be the right tackle. Who's going to be the starting wheel linebacker? Because as you know, I mean, James Laurinaitis, um, you know, has 
you know, just really talked up Cody Simon, and, and rightfully so. Cody played really well last year as a fourth-year player. Not coming back as a fifth-year guy. He's locked in as a starter. So who's going to be that other linebacker, that will linebacker? Is it going to be C.J. Hicks? Is it going to be Sonny Styles? You, you have to think is going to move down the linebacker now because with Lathan Ransom coming back and with Caleb Downs coming in um, and Jordan Hancock being that slot, not that Sonny would be, you know, too much of a slot all the time, but I think Sonny's going to move down the linebacker. They also could use Gabe Powers over there. So who's going to be the will linebacker? And then who's going to be the right tackle? Is it going to be Josh Fryer again? Are they going to have Luke Montgomery in there? Are they going to leave spring saying, we got to go look in the portal and find a right tackle? So those are my two, you know, main I wouldn't say concerns, but I'll definitely be keeping a close eye on right tackle and will linebacker. You know, it's fascinating, Bids, because we talk about, you know, all the additions of the transfer portal and Quinshawn Judkins uh, and Will Howard and, you know, all these guys coming in over here. And then you get one offensive lineman, you get Seth McLaughlin coming in uh, from Alabama as well. Like, there's a ton of pieces and there's a ton of weapons on this program. And to your point, I do feel like there is a ton of pressure on this offensive line to get things right finally for the first time in a couple of years. Yeah, I mean, you know, they had they had a really good offensive line in 2022, and uh, last year just, you know, and not to blame the kid. I hope he does a great job. You know, I hope he has a long NFL career. But Luke Whipler leaving early really, you know, threw a wrench in the plans. You know, Carson Hinsman really wasn't ready as a redshirt freshman. You know, did as good as he could could have done, but um, that really you know threw them off. And Luke probably if he could do it all over again, probably would have stayed another year and, and proved his draft stock and not been a sixth round pick, but. Uh, yeah, you think back to that 2022 season with Paris Johnson and Dewan Jones and Whipler, and, you know, that was a good line. And last year, it just, yeah, I mean, when you're playing Purdue, it's going to look good. You know, there's going to be times it looks good, and you play the big boys, and it just didn't look good at all. I mean, they were pushed around. Now, Michigan's defensive line's fantastic, and they have, you know, those two beasts they have at D-tackle that are actually coming back as juniors. Um, you know, that's, I mean, Michigan pushed around a lot of people, but still, Ohio State, you're right, Beamer, they – they don't have to improve a little bit. I won't go as far. I'm not going to exaggerate today. They have to improve exponentially. But they, we have to see market improvement from this offensive line. We'll see. Bringing Chip Kelly in um, with the things he can do with the running game. Um, you know, I think that's what he's known best for. I mean, look what Zach Charbonnet did in 2022 with uh, Chip Kelly. So um, I think that's going to help the situation. But um, we'll see. I mean, personnel is the bottom line, though. I mean, is the personnel good enough? They've had a lot of recruiting misses on the offensive line. They haven't done a great job in the portal. I mean, Simmons was a good get. We'll see about McLaughlin. I think he was a good get. But Vic Cutler, who's now gone, he, that was just a body they brought in. If they need to find a right tackle, can they find one? Hopefully it's somebody in-house, guys, because if they have somebody in-house, if Luke Montgomery can step up or if Josh Fryer as a second-year starter can step up, that'd be huge for the Buckeyes. Would be pretty big. You know, looking at the defense, some changes over on the coaching staff. James becoming full-time LB's coach. Obviously, the addition on the defensive line. Guerrero coming in uh, to coach safeties. Like, any anticipated changes there, Bids? I mean, is there any curiosity with what you think you'll see out of those guys? I think with what Knowles is doing, he just builds a little bit more each year, Bob. And I think they're just going to keep tinkering and adding Bits and pieces. Sonny's a good example. Like, what are they going to do with Sonny? And I loved what James Laurinaitis said. Cause I was kicking around in my mind. Maybe they'll do something like Isaiah Simmons. And without even being prompted, James, it's awesome. It's, it's just going to be awesome interviewing him because he just he just shoots us straight. James just flat out said, with Sonny, we, he might be like an Isaiah Simmons for us. I was like, yes. Um, so stuff like that. They're going to tinker, um, you know, put guys in the best position. Because they've, I mean, starting spots are pretty much set on defense. It's crazy how loaded they are. And even backup spots for example defensive ends jt tumelo al jack sawyer are your starters and they love the backups in kenyatta jackson and caden curry i mean they're just 
you know, it's crazy when you look at like Jermaine Matthews is your number four corner because you've got <laughs> Denzel Burke, Davis, and Igbenosin, and Jordan Hancock. I know Hancock's like a slight slot, but still, he could be an outside corner really good one if he wanted to be. So, um, yeah, I don't think, you know, I, I, by the way, I'm super impressed with Guerrero, too. I, I didn't get a chance to meet him personally. He was here two years ago. I heard good things about him. I got a chance to meet him, talk to him one-on-one uh, when he met with the media a couple weeks ago. What an impressive guy. He'll be a, a future head coach. Young guy, Ohio guy, 34 years old. I obviously love the fact that James Laurinaitis is a linebacker's coach. I think Guerrero being the safeties coach is huge. And keep in mind, I mean, he's, you know, that's, that's Knowles' guy. He worked with Knowles at Duke. Then he, you know, Guerrero became COVID defensive coordinator at Duke when Knowles moved on to Oklahoma State. And Knowles brought him to Ohio State his first year. Then he has coordinator experience at Indiana last year. So I think Guerrero was a great hire. Ryan Days has done a hell of a job this offseason. That's, that's putting it mildly. And I know he's had some help with NIL, and that's great. But getting all the guys to come back, do what they did in recruiting, everything they're doing in the transfer portal, and then, <clears throat> excuse me, with his coaching staff, he's just knocking it out of the park. We're going to have an opportunity to talk to him at 645, about 23 hours away from right now, Bid. So uh, it'll be fascinating getting, getting ready uh, to talk to him uh, on tomorrow's program. What... Does what are you most interested in watching from Will Howard uh, this spring bids? Is obviously Ohio State has a new starting quarterback in town. I wish I don't know if he was on the Buckeye cruise. I wish I was on the Buckeye cruise just so I could have seen how he handled himself. Was he like you know? Was he walking around like I own this thing you know? Or is he kind of sheepish? You know, there was somebody I saw last year at an event who went on and then it was Ohio State starting quarterback. I saw him at this event last summer. He was very sheepish. I'm like. You can't be like that and be Ohio State starting quarterback. So, no, but I'm really looking forward to Will Howard. And uh, I, I don't think he's going to be a superstar Buckeye fans, but I think he's going to be exactly what this team needs because they need a good quarterback, and he's a good quarterback. They don't have to have an elite quarterback to win it all this year. That's how stacked they are. They need a good quarterback, and he is a good quarterback. And I like that he can make plays with his legs, too. And I like he, you know, he, he's a good passer. He's, he's continued to get better. And now he gets to throw to elite wide receivers. Now he gets to play in a Ryan Day offense. A Chip Kelly offense, not a Kansas State offense. So I'm really, I think that was a great get, Will Howard. I mean, that was what they needed. Again, he's not going to be Justin Fields coming in here. He's not going to be CJ Stroud. But I think Will Howard is going to be really good for the 2024 Buckeyes. Biz, before we get you out of here, are you uh, joining Murph on the road up to Minnesota to follow the crew? I know you're at the game last weekend. I am not. I am not. I'm going to make probably cruise reservations instead. <laughs> uh, I'm glad you picked up the win. I'm glad that you uh, picked up three points uh, in the snowstorm. Uh, I'm glad that the Death Star treated you well over the weekend uh, and you're able to secure the three points. Buddy, always appreciate the time. Have a great day. Thanks as always. We'll check in again soon, okay? Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Here you go. Stay Biddle. Bucknuts on the money with us courtesy of the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. Tons to be juiced about here on this Thursday. We'll do that next. Morning juice right here on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. Hey there and good Thursday morning to you. We're watching a crash clear up on I-70 westbound just beyond the 71-70 split that had the right lane blocked earlier this morning. Traffic moving just fine through those westbound lanes though. In the 10TV Traffic Center, I'm Amy Stagger. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 
Beam has a baby face. Bobby has soft hands. That should not stop you from listening to this show. This is Morning Juice. We're on the Juice brought to you by our good friends over at Affinity Whole Healthy Leader in Testosterone and Hormone Replacement Therapy. You can, of course, visit them on the line over at feelgreatcolumbus.com. What's got you juiced? Sponsored by Newman Roofing. Call Newman Roofing today at 614-NEW-ROOF or visit online at newmanroofing.com. Hey, Sharksy. Yes. It's a Thursday. Uh, I think Bob and I both are in a pretty big need of a cup of coffee this morning. Why don't you fire up the old Schlegel machine? You know what, man? Chicks big scars, man. I mean, I've been with Steph for almost 20 years. Guess what? She loves me for who I am. All the scars, all the baggage, all the crazy. Where are the scars located on that man? Well, he's got one on his hand from where he got some dude's teeth stuck in there. He's, he's got, got all, all uh, kinds of scars. Some from the poison ivy that he put bleach on. <laughs> yeah. Truth. Mm-hmm. Was that in football that he got a no. hand in the mouth? or a how, do get, how do you get someone's hand in your mouth I, in I don't football? know. Was the it, same it, night that you had your eye injury back at Ohio State? No, it wasn't knows? that. That was when he was in college. <laughs> Got in fight with a grizzly bear or what? Uh, well, a, a guy named Big Mike. A Latino, Big Mike. A Latino dude. He That's was, great. Yeah. Big Mike had a couple of his uh, bicuspids, I think, sticking out of his <laughs> between his pinky and ring finger. We have a great listeners, too. Uh, shout out to our guy, Caleb, because uh, he responded to a tweet, and uh, this came from someone on Twitter. said, name an athlete who, if you heard they survived an unarmed encounter with a grizzly bear, wouldn't surprise you. And he tagged Schlegs in the tweet and then tagged our show account in the tweet. So, yes, nice. Uh, I would agree with that. Congratulations to Shohei Otani. Not only did he get a $700 million contract in the offseason, he also got married Yep, and kept it a secret until early this morning. Otani announced on uh, social media that he... Did get married. His new wife is a Japanese woman, but he did not identify her. But congrats to him. This was uh, some really sad news yesterday. We know that former Red Sox knuckleballer Tim Wakefield died of cancer yeah. five months ago. That's terrible. Now his widow, Stacy, has died of cancer. They leave behind a 19-year-old son and 18-year-old daughter. That is uh, just awful news. And then, oh, Captain, my Captain... Boone Jenner last night played in his 700th game for the Blue Jackets. He's the only Blue Jacket to ever play in that many games. And um, I think Zach Wierenski is like at 462, so he's going to need another <laughs> many more seasons. seasons before he gets to, to 700. But uh, good job for Boone. And then I was thinking this morning about our last leap year in 2020. Oh, God. The pandemic was just starting. In America, anyway. And two weeks later, we all went home. <laughs> they sent us home, made us broadcast from home. I, I remember our, us broadcast from home. Yeah, our boss at the time goes, ah, month max. <laughs> we, yes. re- we returned in, I believe, May of 2021. So, yeah. yeah everybody well, I was, was here all along, and I yeah. remember saying goodbye to Dave James. We had a meeting on a Friday. I think it was the 13th. ONN reporter Dave James. Yeah, ONN reporter Dave James. I said, I'll see you in July, and we both chuckled because we knew it was going to be a few weeks later. I didn't see him for about a year. <laughs> and now he's retired. I haven't seen Dave since we left our office down on Front Street. He is retired. I know he is. What, is it the end of March? I think so. Might be. You see, Angela Ann's not on uh, over here anymore in the morning. They moved her to afternoons, so I miss seeing her face in the morning. Uh, Bob, what has you juiced? Why don't we play... uh, Besides the pandemic. Oh, love the pandemic. Huge pandemic fan. Big Big, pandemic guy. Big pandemer. 
You know, <laughs> who doesn't love that? Uh, let's listen to a little bit of you guys, Simon here, Sharky. The Navy SEALs are one of the highest performing organizations on the planet. And a former Navy SEAL was asked, who makes it through BUDS? Who makes it through the selection process to become a SEAL? And he said, I can't tell you who gets through, who makes it, but I can tell you the kind of people who don't make it. He said the star college athletes that never have been really tested to the core of their being, none of them make it through. He said the preening leaders who like to delegate everything, none of them make it through. He said the big tough guys that come in with huge muscles covered in tattoos who want to prove to everyone how tough they are, none of them make it through. He said some of the guys that make it through are skinny and scrawny. He said some of the guys who make it through, you will see them shivering out of fear. He said, but every single one of them who makes it through, when they're emotionally exhausted, when they're physically exhausted, some way, somehow, they're able to dig down deep inside themselves to find the energy to help the person next to them. Service, giving to another, having their back, is what makes the highest performing teams in the world. Not their strength and not their intelligence. It's their willingness to be there for each other. Servant leadership, my man Schleich talks about it all the time. It's something always to be emulated. How can you serve others? What can you do for them? That's got me juiced. Saw that last night. Haven't... Uh, President Ted Slapshot Carter on yeah. yesterday had me juice. Having Ryan Day on tomorrow has got me juice. Got a little story about that. We were setting that up uh, yesterday, so that has me all juiced up. And really, Thursday's the first day of the weekend, I always say it. Having first day of classes at Ohio State yesterday for the second term of the spring semester, it's got me juiced. So kind of going to my first weekend here, normal weekend in February. No cruise, no Super Bowl, travel, nothing else, just... Sit back, relax, and enjoy the fun. What's got you juice, Bean? Uh, what's got me juice? Wives are awesome. I mean, Meredith is just a rock star because you now last couple days have been a little bit crazy for us, and we had child care issues earlier in the week, and then our ceiling collapsed. So, like, we've just been dealing uh, with a lot over at home. And uh, told you yesterday, like when this when our ceiling came down, like we're in like not escape mode, but we're scrambling the jets and like, all right, let's get the dog and make sure that he's good. Let's get the baby. Like, make sure that he's good. You guys get out of here. And like I said, you know, yesterday, like about eight to 10 minutes after they left, like ceiling came down and was cleaning that up. So, uh, I mean, bless her. She's pretty amazing. They stayed the night in Dayton a couple of nights ago. Uh, then she drove back up yesterday, handed off Willie to me. I watched him. She got done with work yesterday, took him back, took him down to Dayton. Her mom got back from Florida, uh, so drove down. She drove down to Dayton again yesterday, and then drove back last night uh, to get back to work this morning. So she's been putting in a uh, crazy all star effort over this past week. So uh, that's got me juiced. And uh, we were going to bed last night. And obviously, William's staying in Dayton. Theo's down there too. And I um, we're walking upstairs. It's around nine forty five, and you know she's gassed from making four back and forth trips. You know, over the last couple of days. Snip, snap, snip, snap. Yeah, you know, just a lot of stress that's going on and. Uh, I, I'm carrying up the baby monitor last night and she just looks at me. She's like, what are you, what are you doing that for? I'm like, what do you mean? What am I doing that for? I got, I had it on. I didn't even like look at it, but I turned it on and turned the volume up and everything like I do normally when I go to bed. Cause sometimes usually she goes to bed before me and then I have the monitor downstairs with me if I'm finishing up watching you know, a sporting event or whatever. And then I take it upstairs with me. And then last night, um, you know, I have it on and plugged it in right next to the nightstand so that uh, we could hear the little guy. And she just looks at me. She goes, why, why do you have that on right now? And I looked at her. I said, that's a great 
point you just made. I guess it's just muscle memory from uh, bringing it up for an entire year and making sure uh, that the baby was okay. But it's been good. Her aunt and uncle were visiting Dayton, too, on their way back to Chicago. So uh, I'm getting videos this morning. I mean, he's with his grandma and he's with his aunt and uncle and a couple of actual like small dogs that weigh 20 pounds that don't knock him over every time that he tries to run somewhere. So it looks like he's having a good time. So I'm glad that uh, all all that is happening. And uh, yeah, we're getting ready to plan a first birthday for him. And I got that coming up this weekend and next weekend with all kinds of craziness going on. So all that's got me juiced a little bit of a stressful week, but uh, you do prevail most times, which is uh, pretty amazing. Buckeye women's hoops got me juiced too. I just saw Maddie Andrews stroll through uh, the building. Congrats to them on their outright Big Ten championship. That is 14 years since this last happened here in Columbus. What else has me juiced? Shark's favorite person in the entire world, Albert Breer of the MMQB. He's going to join us. We'll talk all NFL things with him coming up next. Morning Juice right here on The Fan. Fan traffic. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. Hey there and good morning. Right now still watching a road closure out in Madison County. This is on US 40 between State Route 38 and State Route 56. That stretch of roadway is closed in both directions as crews work to clear up debris from yesterday's storm. In the 10 TV Traffic Center, I'm Amy Stuckey. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Fan, a radio show hosted by two former football players, one slightly more successful than the other. You're listening to Morning Juice. Hour number three of the program for us on a Thursday. We're going to be Bobby Carpenter, Mark the Shark. Coming up momentarily, we'll check in with the MMQB's Albert Breer, talk all things NFL Combine, what's going on. A little uh, NFL report cards with AB coming up here, too. Oh, I can't wait to hear that from uh, him. Yeah, it's going to be great. So he's going to join us uh, right after we do this. Keeping you informed about what's trending this morning. It's time for a little re-rack on Morning Juice. Sponsored by Billiards Plus. Your destination for top-of-the-line grills with up to 30-year warranties. Billiards Plus on Dublin Center Drive in Dublin. Huge congrats to the Buckeyes last night. Winning an outright Big Ten championship for the first time in 14 years. 67-51. to 51. Winners over Michigan. The revenge game, only a game that they had lost in the Big Ten so far this season. 25-3 and overall, 16-1 and in the conference, 15 wins now in a row. A massive, massive congratulations to them as they're turning their eyes to the month of March. The Ides of March. Beware the Ides of March. There we go. Always beware of that. So huge congratulations to them. Rangers... Take down the Jackets last night at Madison Square Garden, 4-1. to one. They're at home against the Canes tonight at 7. So second leg of a back-to-back. And then Buckeye men's hoops. Uh, see if they can continue the momentum from East Lansing this past weekend. They're at home against Nebraska at 6.30. 5.30 coverage begins for us right here on The Fan. Right now we're going to head out to the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. Check with our good friend of the MMQB live in Indianapolis, I believe, for the Combine. He is Albert Breer. Albert, what's the situation and why does Indy need to host this thing every single year? Because there's no place that can put this many people in such a condensed area and I like create the same sort of, I think, just amount of NFL talk and like 
be able to efficiently put the players through the process. I mean, it, like it's weird because it's not that big a city, but it's so perfectly situated for it with the hotels connected by the skywalks, connected to the convention center. And, um, you know, as anybody who's been here knows, like this is about so much more than just evaluating college players. There's a lot of business that gets done here. My guess, guys, is if they, um, if they put it somewhere else, a lot of people would stop going. And really? that number's already declining. Yeah, there are less coaches. There are far less coaches than there used to be. I mean, I know some front office people that are doing the, um, that are doing the interviews and leaving. Um, they're not going to the workouts. So the number of people here is already declining. It's going to get a lot worse if they put it somewhere else because I think you'll take some of the benefit of the combine away. What percentage of off-season business do you think gets done? I mean, in Indy at the combine, Albert, because let me hear about people going out to dinner and having meetings between managers and you know beginning trade talks. Like, if you had to put a number behind the percentage of like off-season deals that get done, like what what do you think that number is? I mean, I think they're. It's fewer in free agency than it used to be. Like when it comes to the free agent deals, um, when I first started covering the league, it used to be that. I mean, I I'm, I have to like go back and look, but I think the combine would like end on like a Thursday, and free agency would start on like Friday. You know, so there was a point where, I mean, the combine would run right into free agency. The tampering would be completely out of control. There'd be deals that'd be done here. I mean, I can remember. Um, you know, I think it was 2009 when like Daniel Snyder was here and, and, and Washington like was out to dinner with Albert Hainsworth's agent, um, you know, during the week and everyone knew it and, um, the deal was legitimately getting done, um, you know, here, I think now, because there's a couple of weeks between free agency and the combine, um, there's a lot less of that that gets done here. Um, it's just, you know, what, what most agents would tell you is that there's just too much time between the combine and, and, and the start of free agency. And, um, you know, I, the, 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 the process needs the deadline to be close for people to really show their cards. Um, that said trades, I do think, you know, you, you see a lot of like the, the bones of trades being put together here. So like last year, the number one pick being traded, most of the work happened here. Um, my guess would be, um, you know, we're going to find out in a couple of weeks that Justin Fields has been traded, and I, I would, I would bet, and I don't know this right now, but I would bet quietly some of that work gets done here, uh, maybe later in the week. And so, you know, like I think a lot of the trade talks, um, whether it's picks or players, a lot of that stuff happens here. Free agency, probably less so. As we talk to Albert Breer, the MMQB here on the Brian Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline, and. You know, Albert, you talked about that Justin Fields trade. I mean, is that is that imminent? I mean, there's no chance that he's going to be back with Chicago, is there? I I don't think so. I mean, I think the the likelihood continues to be the Bears are going to draft Caleb Williams number one overall. Um, and if that's the case, they trade Justin Fields. And there is like some urgency. You know, like the beginning of free agency is a a pretty real like checkpoint in all of this because um you you know they they said publicly you want to do right by Justin and so doing right by Justin is getting him an answer as soon as you can you know there's also the fact that like there's a, a bunch of vacancies for starting quarterbacks across the league right now and if you wait a month a lot of those are going to be filled up you know so um just necessarily by the number of because of the number of suitors you're going to have less of a market for the pick um 3 4 5 weeks from now than you do right now so 
Um, yeah, I think it happens. I, I, I think he gets moves. My guess would be they come to an agreement, um, you know, over the next maybe week or so. Um, and again, it's a guess, um, but I think that they probably find a suitor and, and work out a deal over the next week or so. And, you know, obviously I can't become official until the beginning of free agency, but I think that's where the whole thing is headed. And I think we got tells from bears this week, you know, when you listen to those guys talk, um, you know, I don't think polls is talking about doing right by Justin um, and openly discussing the possibility he's trading Justin. If the, they aren't, you know, pretty much, you know, 95% of the way there on a decision. And it does seem to be eminent that that's going to happen. And I'm with you. You kind of listen to those guys talk. And I, I don't think Ryan Poles would say, we're going to do by right by him <laughs> if they're keeping him. But I mean, who knows? They could right. be lying through their teeth. It is lying season. But uh, is it is it the Falcons or do you think someone's going to kind of swoop in here at the 11th hour and procure his services? Yeah, I think the Falcons are the ones that make the most sense. Um, my guess would be it won't be Vegas. I, I don't know that it will be Pittsburgh either. Um, you know, Atlanta Atlanta makes the most sense to me just because like they're drafting outside of the top three. So they're not gonna be um barring you know, Washington or New England making a trade, they're not gonna be um up in the top three. They're not gonna be they're not gonna be up in the top three and have a chance to draft Caleb Williams, Drake May, or Jaden Daniels. And they don't know um who's gonna fall to them beyond that. And so I think what trading for Justin Fields would effectively do for Atlanta and the owner really liked Justin Fields three years ago when he was coming out. Um, and I believe they had the eighth overall pick. Um, it gives them a swing at getting a young quarterback there that could be their answer for the next five years without handcuffing them. Right. In other words, they can trade for Justin Fields and still draft one in the top 10. They can trade for Justin Fields and draft one, you know, in 2025 or 2026, they could trade for Justin Fields and trade for another one next year. You know, whereas if you are in the top three and you're taking, uh, you know, Jaden, Jaden Daniels, Drake May, or of course, Caleb Williams, then you're probably not taking a quarterback again or trading for a big time quarterback again for a while. So it effectively gives them a swing at getting the quarterback position right long-term without compromising their ability to take more swings at it. So, Albert, we saw this little grading process where they graded the players uh, in concert with the NFLPA, yeah. graded the owners, you know, meals, family, how, or how they treat their family, training room, all these different things. Has there been any buzz about that in Indy, about how where some of these teams are potentially ranked and, and with the player perspective of how they view, you know, their situation, how much their team kind of cares about these different aspects? Yeah, did you ever get charged for a, a cheeseburger after 6 p.m., uh, Bobby, at, uh, at either team facilities? Oh, Dallas charges 50 bucks a week for food. Oh, do they really? They did. I don't know if they still do, they but, did. I mean, guys asked to yeah. opt out of it, and they're like, that's not an option, which I guarantee you if they wanted to press it with the PA, but it's just not really a good look. Did it, did it come out of your paycheck? Yeah. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah. That's... <laughs> That's hilarious. I mean, I thought the Bucks thing was kind of crazy too. You guys saw that, right? It was. It was at the travel, and you could pay to not have a roommate, correct? Right, right. Like <laughs> if you were a non-starter and had less than, um, less than four years of service, then you had to pay seventeen hundred and fifty dollars to opt out having of uh, opt out of having a roommate for road games. Which, wow. I mean, like they they put all this money into sleep science and everything else, and then you know they're. <laughs> they're they're making uh they're they're making guys they're they're making guys room together. It's kind of funny, but 
Yeah, I, you know, I, Bobby, I think it's the idea is to pressure the teams to create better working conditions. And I, I honestly think um, it's, it's working because I think it's sort of, and they say they don't want to shame them into doing it, but I think that's effectively what's happening, right? Like that, that a lot of these teams are being shamed into creating better work conditions. And the Cardinals are a good example. Like the Cardinals, again, that's what I was referencing. The Cardinals were charging guys to eat after I think it was 6 p.m. last year. And, um, you know, that got out there and it got out there that the floorboards in their, in their, in their weight room were coming up and all of that was taken care of over the last year. And do I think it would have been taken care of if the survey hadn't come out and they hadn't been a little embarrassed? You know, probably not, you know, so I think for, for, um, you know, for, for all of these teams, sometimes you need a little kick in the, kick in the, you know what, to get, um, <laughs> to get going. And I, and I do think guys, it's, if you compare, Bobby, you know this, if you compare what the big time college programs are doing, cause they have to because of recruiting, um, as far as keeping their facilities up to date and creating the right environment for their players, um, you know, some NFL teams are not even close to what the big colleges have. And, um, you know, obviously that's where all these players are coming from. So they know it. And now they're doing something about it. And does it surprise you at all, Albert, that the Kansas City Chiefs rank 31st out of 32 teams? I mean, we're talking about Dynasty and Mahomes and all these guys. Like Andy Reid ranks first in grades for overall coach, coaches. Their owner is like dead last, <laughs> 32 right. out of 32. It's, well, it's such a crazy juxtaposition to me. And that was like my initial, That's I think that was everybody's initial thought. It's like, all right, like, you know, I want to view this as like a first-class operation and everything else, and then you have this stuff. But, I mean, if you think about it, guys, right, like, doesn't it sort of give you license to do whatever you want when you win like that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so, um, you know, like deep down, if, if you want to keep costs low and, you know, you don't want to spend in certain areas, I mean, what better to give you license to do that than winning Super Bowls, right? I mean, New England's on there and, and got really poor marks, too. So you have the previous dynasty and the current current dynasty as two of the worst teams in these areas. Well, what's the reason why? Well, because they really didn't have to do things to attract players there. They That wasn't under scrutiny quite as much. A player who's in those in, with, with one of those teams probably has a lot less space to bitch about it, you know, than a guy who's on a bad team. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think you look at it both ways. It's like you'd like for it to relate to winning and you'd like to have the best teams doing the best job in these areas. You know, but the truth is like, I think in a lot of cases it gives the guy in charge um, leeway to cut corners in these areas. If it, the team is winning on the field, you mentioned Tampa Bay, you know, Albert, you don't even have to, you know, put the team out there, but what and I, I got a chance, you know, I guess, fortunately or unfortunately, you know, played for a number of organizations, you get to see how they all run. And it was amazing. You know, when I would talk to people about them, what is the most maybe amazing thing that you have heard regarding how years. teams treat players or just, you know, families or whatever it is? Maybe the almost the most unbelievable thing that maybe <laughs> someone wouldn't know if they weren't th- yeah. tied to the league. Um, well, you guys remember Chad Johnson, right? Yeah. Oh, gosh. So Chad Johnson got to New England and I was um, – I, this was probably 2000, I think it was 2011 he was there. And, um, you know, I went up to him and I'm just, you know, whatever, shooting the, shooting the breeze with him. And, um, I mentioned, I, I said to him, Hey, is it true about the Gatorade in Cincinnati? Yeah. And he looked at me and started laughing. And he said, you know about that? And, <laughs> and then I was like, yeah. And he, and he, and he like almost doubled over. 
Um, yeah, Cincinnati back in the day, they've gotten better in this area. Um, they didn't have real Gatorade. They had the mix. So the players had to go and, um, and get the powder and mix the Gatorade themselves. So that was a pretty crazy one, I thought. This is a multi-billion dollar valuation <laughs> on teams across the NFL. Get your own Gatorade uh, powder, pal. Uh, AB, always appreciate the time. Thanks for hopping on with us this morning. Uh, have a great time the rest of the week at the Combine, and we'll check in again soon, okay? All right, thanks, guys. Here you go. Albert Breer, MMQB, with us here on the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. We're blowing right through a 12-team playoff, right to a 14-teamer. That's next. Morning Juice right here on the fan. Fan traffic from the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. Hey there, and a happy Thursday to you. Still watching a road closure out in Madison County on US 40. It is closed in both directions between State Route 38 and State Route 56. Also watching slowdowns on I-670 eastbound. The right lane is blocked in those eastbound lanes at the 670-71 split. In the 10 TV Traffic Center, I'm Amy Steggerwald. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Keep on swiping that card, baby. Keep on swiping that card. Charge it to winning. This is Morning Juice. Thursday edition of the program. Brandon B. Bobby Carpenter, Mark the Shark. Albert Breer just joined us in our last segment. If you didn't get to hear that, I'll have a podcast available for you right around 9.05. By the way, a programming note, tomorrow, 6.45 a.m., Ryan Day, he's going to join the program, and then we're going to replay it for you around 8.05. So you're going to have two chances to get to listen uh, to our chat with Ryan Day uh, coming up tomorrow morning, which will be very exciting. Yeah, it'll be good. So I was talking, you know, text with Ryan yesterday, trying to get all this set up. Um, you know, it's a give, you got to give, give him a lot of options because he's a busy guy, what days, what times, whatever work. And so he's like, yeah, you know, how about we'll shoot for Friday? It's like, sounds good. Keep me posted. And as I'm, I'm, we're at dinner and, you know, he texts me back. So I was trying to be prompt with it and be respectful of his time because it was in the evening. And I'm sure he's trying to spend some time with his family uh, here in the off season. And <laughs> it's like, all right, just sounds good. Keep me posted. He's like, we'll shoot for Friday on what time? And then at the end, I'm doing talk to text. And then at the end, it says, be quiet. Because as I was finishing up, <laughs> My seven-year-old Caleb were sitting there at the dinner table. I think something was on or talking. And he was like, "Be quiet!" Yelled, and I was like, "Boom!" Sit. Goes in the phone. I'm like, well, didn't you read? I was like, I was literally pressing send <laughs> as it just shot in there at the end. I'm like, "Hey, man, my bad. Just that was for my seven-year-old." <laughs> on talk to text. Sorry, he was he was yelling at me, which he laughed at. You have kids, so he he understands exactly what's going on but i'm like you got to be kidding me dude my wife goes who are you texting right there i'm like ryan this isn't like i'm texting aj or someone like Austin. that i'm like i'm yeah. texting the head coach at ohio state like i'm trying to be respectful of all these things going on at the end it's be says, quiet be quiet i wish it was all caps five exclamation points exactly well if that would have if you could have read the tone if you would have heard the tone of it that's what it was what were you so upset about i don't know yelling at one of his siblings about nonsense mm-hmm. about who was 
I don't better whatever. I just a nonsensical argument that I'm like, guys, I'm trying to like mitigate that. And then the last one, it's like, Hey, instead of texting out to keep it quick. Hey, thanks. Just keep me posted on when be quiet. <laughs> That's terrific. Like, Come on. That's my oldest should have looked at it first. But I was like, dude, I was hovering over send R- literally just glanced at it to make sure. He's that it saying was to himself, good. dad doesn't know how technology works. Exactly. Like, I'm sorry I didn't click off the microphone and take the extra step <laughs> in the two seconds. I'm trying to not I'm trying to be present at dinner. And my wife, Courtney, sat down at a family dinner, which, you know, with kids and sports and everything else, we don't have the time to do it all that often. And I'm like, this is the crap that I'm dealing with. I had like a 10-second window <laughs> to read, text back, keep it all good, keep it the train on the tracks. Yeah. And that's the nonsense that I'm dealing with. You're going to have to ask him about that tomorrow. Uh, Coach, how did you interpret Bob's yeah, be quiet Be text quiet. I was like, well, I didn't realize. I forgot. <laughs> Editing is so weird on the text, too. Yeah. Like, you can go back and do it. And I was like, I, didn't even, I don't even think about that because it's, it wasn't available for so long. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I guess I could have just pressed edit, but I'd already like queued up. Hey, my bad. The be quiet was for my son. It's easier to me. text my bad. Yeah. And the follow up text than it is to go well, back and edit. And it. she's like, he'll probably find it entertaining anyway, which he did. You know, he's got three kids and his, I think his youngest daughter is fourth grade. I want to say I think fourth and sixth. Oh, yeah, he's right in the thick of it. Like somewhere. Are. Yeah. I mean, they're right around the same age. So he gets, I mean, the nice little spat family spats. I'm sure around the dinner table. So he's going to join the program tomorrow at 6.45, and then we'll re-air that for you coming up tomorrow uh, around 8.05, like the same time we just had Albert on uh, today. Since its inception since 2014, when it was created a 14 playoff model uh, for a sport with five major conferences, the college football playoff has been, been unwieldy and awkward. Uh, it says here on the ESPN piece that I'm reading, executive of the college football playoff, Bill Hancock, saying last week that there is a, quote, need for the deal to be done in the next week to get to a 14-team college playoff after blowing right through the stop sign last week when you were on the Buckeye cruise, Austin and I talked about this a lot going from the four to the 12 teams and how it didn't really make sense. And neither does a 14 teamer. Uh, if you ask me, but what I think this is and uh, Bill Hancock said one month, uh, the deadline of mid March, it looms and there's optimism and momentum for 14 playoffs starting in 2026. So what you're going to get is this year, you're going to get a 12 team playoff next year. You're going to get a 12 team playoff the year after that. Likely we're going to jump to 14 and I think this is important to note because the automatic qualifiers here, the AQs, the AQs are the big difference because the SEC and the Big Ten would each get three automatic qualifiers. The ACC and the Big 12 would get two automatic qualifiers. The highest ranked group of five team would get one AQ and then an at large would get three or Notre Dame would get one and then your at larges would go to two. Now. It's fascinating because of the power grab in the SEC and the Big Ten because that's exponential amount of money that they're already making over these conferences, right? I mean, one and two, one year it's the SEC depending on their media deal, one year it's the Big Ten depending on theirs. So They're like, the two highest. They're the two highest by far. It's not close. By far, they're the two highest. And what they're after is more spots in a college football playoff, and it looks like if they're trending that direction, the rest of the college football world may not like it. The ACC, the Big 12... Group of five, the at-large teams, you may not like it, but this is what's going to happen, and this is going to be the future of college football, uh, as where the Big Ten is going to get three guaranteed teams in. The SEC is going to get three guaranteed, and if Notre Dame piddles around all season, and let's say three, the next highest-ranked three teams in the Big Ten, you could potentially have six Big Ten or SEC teams in a college football playoff out of the 14. Yeah. I mean, that's that's really how it's going to break down. I mean, yeah. you, you look at it. 
I would say if you go to a 14 team, you're most likely going to have seven, if not eight of those spots filled by the Big Ten and SEC. Yeah. Maybe even nine. I mean, I I can't sit here and tell you that there wouldn't be a year where you'd have four and five. You'd get maybe one out of the Big 12, one out of the ACC, their AQs, maybe an at-large. You throw Notre Dame in there and then, you know, the, the fifth best conference, and that might be how it looks. I mean, that's the reality of it. I can't imagine that every year the Big 12 and the ACC will get two teams in. Well, they would get, like two, with this the, year, they would get two with the AQs. No, I mean, each get two. Yeah. I can't imagine that, like, this year, I mean, Florida State got left out. They would have gotten in. You could put in Louisville. Well, they'd be automatic qualifiers. They would automatically be in. Well, not if Florida, let's say Florida, Florida State won. Yeah. They're talking about giving two to each conference? Or two one? to the ACC, oh, two gosh, to the Big I was 12. thinking they were only going to get one. Yeah, two. Yeah, so I guess it would have to be four there. Yeah, you're never, never mind. I, but the majority, we, you would have at least, you're going to have think, at least four teams so, in, from the Big Ten and the SEC yeah, like every year. Absolutely. So my pro- problem with that is like, do you think Louisville, I mean, should they have gotten in? They lost to a team without a quarterback. Right. Like, and that's, that's the problem with some of these automatic qualifiers you're getting. I mean, I don't know if the ACC and the Big 12 are justifiably, should justifiably get two AQs apiece. I mean, I'm, I'll give you one, and if you're in the top 14, sure, you're going to get another team in, but I can't definitively say that you should have another team in there. Where do the Bengals and Browns stack up compared to the rest of the NFL and their player report cards? Get into that next. Morning Jupes right here on The Fan. Fan traffic. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. Hey there and good morning to you. Right now we are watching a crash that is clearing up on I-670 eastbound. The right lane is blocked on I-670 eastbound at I-71 as crews work to clear this up. Also still watching some problems because of debris on the roadway from yesterday's storm out in Madison County. U.S. 40 is closed in both directions between State Route 38 and State Route 56. In the 10 TV Traffic Center, I'm Amy Steiger. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Here's a list of undisputed facts. Beamer is round. Shark was a swinger. And no one derails a show like Bobby Carpenter. No one. This is Morning Juice. All along here, Thursday edition of the program. Brandon Bean, Bobby Carpenter, Mark the Shark. I always look forward to these NFLPA surveys, report cards that come out. Oh, yeah. And they're really, it's fascinating stuff. So the Bengals ranked 26th out of 32 teams. Um, the overview. They're one of four teams that offer neither a family room nor daycare for the players' families on game day. The daycare for the families, big deal. Yeah. They were trying to work on that in Dallas when I was there, and they just didn't have room in the old stadium. I think in the new stadium, they ended up getting it. Detroit, I think, had it, and they had worked pretty hard to get it. Okay. Like, that's something that is invaluable because your family all wants to go to the game. And it's not like going to the game is a three-hour event. You're driving there. It's yeah. all day. And especially if you have, you know, when you have infants, that's one thing. But, like, older kids, like, they want to maybe see a little bit. Like can, And some of the teams, like, they have, like, a suite, basically, that's a daycare for the kids. I mean, you know, Brent to a high school game, kids playing in the back of the end zone, they want to do that. Yeah. 
So they want to do that. They care less what's going on in the football game. Absolutely. And so they don't want to sit there and watch. And so, yes, the daycare piece is massive. Like, that is a huge element. The Bengals uh, are the only team that closes their cafeteria on players' days off, even though many of the players come to the facility on off days for extra preparation and recovery. This is part of it. Like, you want your guys to be in there all the time. Yeah. And this, I will say this about the Patriots. And people can criticize Patriot Way, all this stuff, Belichick, you know, is he good without Brady? They were the only team that I was at that had, well, Detroit, you could get stuff to go later. And it was all free. But New England, they wanted you to stay there after practice and watch film. If you guys, if you want guys to stay there past like five o'clock, and I say like five, it's not a nine to five. Yeah. I got in there every day at 645. Yeah. You know, but you get done with practice, meetings, you've lifted, you're showered. Stay extra, go the extra mile. So yeah, and plus, I'm like, I can watch film at home on my iPad now. Like, that's where it was. And even DVDs early in my career. Imagine that. And then it was iPad. <laughs> it, was, it was great. But I was like, okay, there's something to watching film together, guys, discussing stuff. But if you want us to do that, I don't want to be sitting here starving, like ordering in food or doing that nonsense. By the way, it's like tough to get people to bring stuff out to stadiums and things. Like, where do I even bring it? They don't know. And New England had food readily available to you. And always on the off days, they always had food in, like, in New England. Like, you go there, on Tuesdays, you're off day. You come in for treatment, you're getting healthy, you're getting an extra workout in, you're watching film, talking about the coaches with the game plan, things like that. If you want your guys to be in there, don't be like, well, you know what, I came in at 8.30 this morning, I ate before I left the house or grabbed some McDonald's on the way in. Yeah. By the way, now it's like 11, 30, 12, like, I'm hungry, I gotta go, and when I leave, I don't want to really come back. No, I'm not making a second trip back. Give your guys a reason to stay. Just have like a little open brunch throughout the day, and the guys can go pick out it, get whatever they want. The club did begin to provide three meals a day on Wednesdays, only this past year. There are only one of two teams in the league that don't provide three meals a day each for the players. The locker room is another major issue for the players. Approximately 50% of the showers don't work. They either don't provide warm water or there isn't enough water profession. They face consistent plumbing issues that limit the amount of functioning toilets that the players can use. Now that's a problem. That's a big problem. That's yeah. a big problem. I have to get my guys down there to go fix that. Yeah, there you go. I mean, what are we doing? You have like, this, I mean, this is real life. People look at the NFL like $25 billion industry, whatever, salary cap. They're living in Wonka world over $250 there. $250 million. And I'm yeah. like, dude. We have four toilets and only two of them work. You know, I'm getting a, it's a shower. I'm sitting here to shower and I'm, the, the water pressure is like, like an 80 year old dude at the urinal. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, give me something that I don't have to like scrub, like pre- the water, the, the water pressure actually washes the soap off of me. Not like slowly trickles. <laughs> I have to kind of yeah. help it along to clean myself off. I mean, or you strip have cold showers. Yeah. And like guys get the visiting teams, Buffalo, their locker room is atrocious. And the showers are cold. There's like six of them. And by the way, you're in a cold state. Generally, when you're playing there, it's freezing. Mm-hmm. But you get that. It's the visiting team. Like home stuff, like what are we doing? Yeah, I mean, these are at the facilities too. Like, yeah. This is where you spend 90% of your time. You live there during the yeah. year, man. I was, I told somebody, it's a seven day a week, you know, 12 hour day job. Yeah. People look at me like, what do you mean? I'm like, that's it. Like, dude, you're spending 80 hours a week on football. And that's just there with being in the games, facility, travel, whatever it is. Like, that doesn't even count the time like you might be spending at home. Like, it's all encompassing. Like, if you're injured, you're staying there. You're staying after practice. You're getting treatment. You go back in. Like, have food ready for the guys. Have a place to shower. 
have a toilet that works. Yeah. They said they did make I mean, significant... Jinxie, Jinxie Cat had the toilet that works. Jinxie had his own toilet. Exactly. So they did make significant upgrades to the area that was highlighted as a problem last year in the, the John's rooms. fixed. Yeah. Uh, so they did that. They, they upgraded the weights, and I'm guessing... This next year is going to be well, the thing uh, was, probably the plumbing in their. They had a rooms. great like you have a great strength coach like he's getting a great rating. Oh. Like, dude, you have a guy who cares a lot. Most of it, I mean, half of it's aptitude. The other half is GSF. Yeah, how much do you care about the players and care about your job? And so give that guy the tools to be able to be the best that he can be. You know, I'll say this: you know, when Slice was down in Jacksonville, their facilities when he got there were trash. But now they're like top tier across the old league. mustachio. I mean, he was willing to write the check and you know say, "Hey, what do you guys need? How do we make this the best?" Hey, they used to text in their breakfast orders, so like their breakfast would be ready. They'd set up this app and everything else. Yeah. What do you want? Boom, come in here. Your food's ready to go. Pick it up. You eat. By the way, you can get food to go afterwards. We're spending all this money on our salary cap. Like, why wouldn't you want to make sure your players have all these options available to them so they're not eating trash? Why are you not investing heavily into your players? It's it's remarkable. Like. You know, the old adage, like, if you buy, you know, you're buying a sports car, you better be able to, you know, have the money to service it. It's yeah. not just buying it. It's right. insuring it, paying a lot more for oil changes, all this stuff. Everything's more expensive with an expensive vehicle. It's the same thing with players. And my dad used to be like, how could you have an asset, which your players are the asset, that literally now the salary cap is $250 million. Yeah, you've, I mean, you value your players at multiple hundreds of millions. Of and, like, the difference between spending... Five and ten million on like player amenities. Yeah, that's fractional to the overall salary cap. That's like the difference of hey, I just bought this new car. I could probably get to fifteen thousand miles without changing the oil. You yeah. could, but do you really want to deal with the problems that could potentially occur? I'm putting that? unleaded in that. I don't need the premium it's gas. Like, why wouldn't you get better food? Why wouldn't you have better trainers and have like in New England they had. Dry needling, they brought massage therapists in, like all these, everybody was always up to date on the best available stuff. So you could get it there. You didn't have to pay to go somewhere else to get it. And in turn, you stayed at the facility longer and you were around and you were getting done whatever you need to get done. It's not like you're not building rockets. No. But I mean, people were literally like, eh, you know, should I get a new tire or I'll just be like AJ and keep pumping it full, fix, fix a flat. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, I yeah. would go outside. I'm sitting on three rims and the rims are $1,000 a piece or twelve, like $1,500. Like, why am I going to risk chipping a rim? Just put a new tire on the it thing. It gets me to, from point A to point B. It's just, it, it's just wildly inefficient because these owners look like, how can we cut corners everywhere? My dad would always say, though, this because he was in Houston and this was back in the 70s. He goes, we didn't have a weight room. We were done. He goes, Bum Phillips, Phillips will let us go at like one thirty. He goes, we don't have a weight room. You guys got better facilities at your house or at the gym. Wow. Make sure you lift on the way home. Get your lifting taken care of. He goes, and this was the same place where the Astrodome, you know, the eighth wonder of the world or whatever. He goes, our locker room was a modular outside. And they had nails in the lockers. They were wood lockers. Like, you'd hang your clothes on nails. So the guy's like, I got to rip in my sweater because the nail snagged it. <laughs> He's like, his bum, you know, uh, oh gosh, what's his name? Who owned the team? Wayne, or not Wayne. Um, uh, yeah, I know. Bud Adams. About. Yeah. Who owned it, didn't want to spend any money on it. He's like, now his daughter, they're doing great in Tennessee. They're making all this money. They're doing a lot better and they're taking care of players more and doing it the right way. But, I mean, you can have good teams. He's like, but if you try to win... You'll win and make money. Yeah. If you focus on just making money, you'll just make money. Yeah. It's like, ergo, the 
Cincinnati Bengals. And now all of a sudden, hey, we got Joe Burrow. We watched, we did this one time with Carson Palmer. Didn't really work out that well. Andy Dalton didn't really work all that well. And now we're pumping money in. Now, you know what? Like, let's, we've got the asset. Instead of just being satisfied with making the playoffs, let's go try to win the whole darn thing. Yeah. And like pump some cash into it. Yeah, and they have been doing that. So they've been trending in the better direction. The Browns uh, ranked 23rd. The Bengals ranked 26th. They didn't have a full breakdown like the Bengals did on the Browns. So like that is just not, it's just not there. So uh, there you go. Browns 23rd, Bengals 26th. Uh, Miami Dolphins number one, like got A's in every single category. So I guess they're the uh, crown prince of the NFL right now. We're going to reveal our great gaming room. I heard too. Oh, of course it is, man. It's like 10,000 megabits a second for the internet speed. It's a limitless vapes for your coach. Mike McDaniel is in there. Limitless vapes. All the the flavors you want. All the jewel pods in the world are just going right (laughs) to his, right to his gaming room. Going to reveal our fan poll next morning. Juice right here on the fan. Fan traffic from the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. Hey there, and a good Thursday morning to you. Still watching a road closure out in Madison County on US 40 between State Route 38 and State Route 56. This stretch will be closed in both directions as crews work to clean up debris on the roadway in this area. In the 10 TV Traffic Center, I'm Amy Stan. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. done. What's the going rate for a good babysitter? Also, Shark needs a raise. You're listening to Morning Juice. Wrapping things up here, a little Thursday edition of the program. Brandon Bean, Bobby Carpenter, Mark the Shark. And we here on The Juice are brought to you by our good friends over at Affinity Whole Health, the leader in testosterone and hormone replacement therapy. You can always visit them online over at feelgreatcolumbus.com. Uncle Bo and the boys coming up after we're done. Oh, gosh. Listen to the chili peppers this morning. Well, it's not. uh, There aren't very many leap day birthdays. And so I just did this for Meredith Beam since she's such a great woman, even though she's not listening right now. She's in class. She likes the peppers. I thought it was because Shark, this is an anthem to his life when he leaves here. Under the bridge. (laughs) Just bury it. Bury it. Gonna head right over there to Olentang, the the river, under 315. Bury a needle in your arm. That's a great song. It, a it is uh, rather sad. Rather sad. Yeah, no, it Beam. Are you kidding me? In nature. I mean, yeah. <laughs> highly tragic and very concerning. <laughs> yes. I remember the first yeah. time I actually listened. Well, yeah, because you all like we hear we hear songs so many times, oh, and then yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it's on the fiftieth listen, the sixtieth listen. Maybe it's earlier for some. But I hear songs. I'm like, oh, this is great. And then you actually listen to the words. You're like, man, this is pretty twisted. I mean, until you listen to Johnny Cash sing a rendition of Hurt that's like slow and you can hear all the words. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, this is this is about, I'm going to put this in the under the bridge category. Yeah, like Pumped Up Kicks by Foster, the people that came out probably 10 years ago. I'm like, that song is horrible. It's, oh. a, it's a terrific song, but it, I mean, it is. Ter- I mean, it's awful. Um, Angels by Ed Sheeran. And I want you to go listen to that song. Okay. Listen to the lyrics closely. Semi-Charmed Life. Yeah, also not happy. <laughs> Angels is about... Yeah. Servicing humans for cr- for crack. Nice. It's basically the Bob Saget song. <laughs> like I listen to that, I'm like, oh my gosh, this seems so heavy. Oh, angels, no, no, no. In a pipe we fly to the motherland. Yeah, that sounds good. Sell love to another man. I'm like, that doesn't sound very good at all. Yeah, it that is- sounds like shark under the bridge. 
Thanks for thinking of Meredith, though, sure. She's Absolutely. a great woman. She is. She she, do you even know if she's you. alive right now? Did she get hit by more falling debris in your uh, house? You know what? She, she had, may not have made it out of the house. She wasn't texting me this morning. I, you're right. She may have got smoked by some plasterboard. She walked around not. with a book like... Dude, okay, I'm so, telling you. That, I mean, it was so heavy. So we had the tornado sirens the other day. Yeah, yesterday. And my kids are like, well, what do we do? And I'm like, you guys don't have tor- my wife, you don't have tornado drills? And they're like, well, yeah. <laughs> it's I mean, noon I'm sure on Wednesdays. What are you guys doing? Well... And yeah, we would have them maybe once a quarter or some. Yeah. But our tornado drill, she's like, what did you do? It, it, she was went to Portsmouth at an older school. They had a basement still. And I go, you know, we didn't have a basement. My elementary was, I say, newer, built in probably like mm-hmm. 1970. And we'd go to the auditorium because there was no windows. Where they'd tell us to get our thickest book, lean down, and put it over the back of our neck. <laughs> that was real life. That's like the nuclear uh, missile exactly. drill getting so under Bo, the desk. So Bo yeah, talked about that because they still, uh, we didn't do the nuclear. Did you do that, Shark? I mean, did yeah. you guys have the, the, oh, yeah. the nuke testing drill? Well, yeah. at the old schools built in the 50s, like we had fallout shows. My junior high was really? older. We would go down to the basement, and they had like the little yellow yes radio triangle or whatever. <laughs> go down that. here. In case of a nuclear attack, go here. <laughs> but like for tor- but here's the thing for tornadoes now, Shark. I'm sure you had the book and you do all the stuff like we I did. don't remember ever doing the book. It was always under the desk. Which I think is what they also do for you know a, they don't a have ten- shooter in the building. They, well, they do those. Ten- they do those training all the time. Oh well, yeah, because that's more. What's what's yeah. more likely to happen, a shooter or a tornado? That kind of speaks to where we're at in society now. Totally. But the other thing is, I'm like, Courtney was like, well, thinking, I'm like, our kids don't even have books anymore. The iPad isn't going to provide as much protection. Probably it's not thick <laughs> enough. Thick enough, the thing cracks and shatters. You drop it on the ground. It's not going to protect you being from falling plaster in your house. Oh, in our house, definitely not. I'm well, telling you what, man, that big piece that fell off, like, my trash can weighs 300 pounds <laughs> right Oh, now. yeah. And that's just a portion of the stuff. Like, I hope it's coming down later today. The plaster's essentially like concrete. Yeah. I mean, you try to bear, I, I challenge anyone, like, you punch a hole in your wall, I'm like, you must live in a newer house. My old house had plaster. I tell the kids, I'm like, I'll give you $1,000 if you can bury your hand through hey, that. No, there is no way you're burying no. your hand through that sucker. I mean, Mr. Ed would have a hard time kicking that thing in. Yeah, I just I hope that that gets fixed today. At least that we can remedy the situation. I mean, is Meredith, do you think her life was more like Danny California's growing up? Yeah, I think it's more... I think it's more, she's more aligned to this song than she is under the bridge. Danny California's life was pretty interesting as well. Yeah, it was. Mine was a hippie. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's an interesting deal. What we got for a fan pool, Beam? Who's going to win on Sunday, Buckeyes or Hawkeyes? I still can't believe your neighbors bought that auction prize. One that they're flying with the team on Sunday. Yep. They're getting to sit right behind the bench. They get a hotel stay in Iowa oh, yeah. City. They're going to the game and then flying back with the team. Yeah. I can't I believe I can't, I can't believe they procured that. And now tickets are going for this game like eight hundred bucks. Oh, where they would be sixty five hundred? You said to sit behind the Iowa bench. Not, not, no, 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 nine rows up. Nine rows. Yeah, not even immediately behind. Yeah. Like, you probably couldn't even buy the ones no. underneath. They wouldn't. Like, what's the price? Priceless beam. So, yeah, they're going to be on there. They got this in the summer. and I mean, this was before people knew Ohio State was going to be Big Ten champs, and Iowa still Iowa had the, Iowa had the draw. Iowa had the draw. But then you realize, like, hey, Ohio State beat them here in overtime, and the shot was packed at 18000 Yeah. 300 bucks to sit in the nosebleeds. 10900 last night at the shot for that game. Yeah. And that's 
1,100 people. That's it's pretty packed, impressive. Yeah, I mean, it's sold out for what the capacity is beating without up, the upper boards. Beating open. Michigan, yeah, that's that's a that's a good environment. Yeah, that's our daily fan poll, sponsored by ER Auto Care, Masters of Our Craft. Who's going to win Sunday's Ohio State Women's at Iowa's game? Buckeyes, Hawkeyes. 60-40 split right now. Here we go. Buckeyes? Buckeyes with the 60. Hawkeyes It'll be tough to win there. Yeah. I mean, dude, you have... It's playing as good day. as anybody in the it's country senior right day, now. though. Like, that's... It's going to be tough. It'll be tough. I'm just going to listen to Chili Peppers all day today. Absolutely. That's a great... That's a winning strategy. I feel... There's something nice for Meredith. What are the, are the Peppers torn at all? I went and saw them when they were here. I think they are going back on tour. Are they? Yeah, you need to see them before they all die. <laughs> you say that, I mean, that's... <laughs> Probably pretty true. That's what rock stars do. They hey, die. That's what I said about Tom Petty, and he did die. Yeah, you know? but at least he made it to, like, 70. So Courtney was like, he's dead? Because there's this, uh, all they're doing, a country, all-country Tom Petty album. Which... You know what? They're in Riverbend, Friday, July 5th. Our anniversary is July 7th. There you go. Like Schlegs. Yeah, there you done. go. Get it done. Done. That'll done. be good. That'll be a good one for you. Yeah, let's Stop, get on. Swing by Dayton, drop Billy off on the way down. Yeah, he ain't going to that. There's no, no way. He's not getting the invitation. Getting the contact there. high from being done there. <laughs> well, he got that when he was at Sharks yesterday. Exactly. Forget about that. Uncle when he was Shark. dropped off. General had so much fun today. What do you say we do it again tomorrow on a big Friday edition? Ryan Day joins us at 645. AJ at 835. I don't know if Austin's going to join us. He's in Nashville. So. Oh, what a loser. <laughs> Do it again tomorrow, shall we? Let's do it. Everybody have a great day. Uncle Bo and the boys, they're up next. We're back live tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. to break everything down. Have a good one. Talk to you then. Morning Juice right here on The Fan. Fan traffic. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. Hey there and good morning to you. Right now, US 40 is still closed in both directions between State Route 38 and State Route 56 as crews work to clear up debris on the roadways. No crashes to let you know about on your interstates otherwise. In the 10 TV Traffic Center, I'm Amy Stagerwald. It's a fan action update. This action update is brought to you by ESPN Bet Gambling. Promo code 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, how about a Big Ten championship? The Ohio State women's hoops team gets it done over Michigan last night and even covers the 15-point spread with a 16-point win. Big one tonight for the men's hoops team hosting Nebraska. Ohio State's a three-and-a-half-point favorite of ESPN Bet. Minus 155 on the money line. For your ESPN Bet action update, I'm Scotty Vegas. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Broadcasting from the Lindsay Honda Studios. Honda makes the cars. Lindsay makes the difference. Visit lindsayhonda.com. WBNSFM HD1 Columbus. The Fan Sports Center. Good morning. I'm Eric Reese, sir. For the first time since 2010, the Ohio State women's basketball team is outright Big Ten regular season champs. The second-ranked Buckeyes beat Michigan last night 67-51 at the shot. J.C. Sheldon led with 22 points. Ohio State finished 16-1 in conference play. Their lone loss was at Michigan back in December. Buckeyes went on a 15-game winning streak after that. They'll wrap the regular season this Sunday at number 6 Iowa. The Hawkeyes beat Minnesota 108-60 last night in Minneapolis. Iowa's Caitlin Clark 
scored 33 in the win. She's now the all-time major college women's basketball scoring champ and only 18 away from LSU's Pete Maravich, who holds the all-time NCAA mark. As for the Ohio State men's squad, the Buckeyes will host Nebraska tonight at 6.30. Timmy Hall will warm you up on the fan at 5.30. This update is sponsored by Dr. Mark Levy. If you're snoring and not sleeping, give Dr. Mark Levy a call at 1-800-MORE-SLEEP. or visit For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.